609 in the morning. What are we doing up? I mean, honestly, all of us. Why are we up at this hour? It doesn't seem early, Gallup. Seems early. I don't know why anybody would be up at this hour, but I'm glad you are. I'm glad you're listening. Uh, and thank you for that. Today on the program, we got a Karen Conti is going to talk the law. And, you know, I like to throw some legal questions at her, too. So maybe we can grab somebody off the text line, 312-981-7200. If you've got something on your mind of a legal nature and you want to do that thing where you go, I got a friend, you would not believe the trouble they're in. Uh, 312-981-7200. If you shoot a text to me, I'll try to get that on. President's calling after 7. Uh, Dean Richards will join me for... A very special moron entertainment. It's not really that special. I just always like when shows promote themselves that way. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Thank you. Uh, cool charity later we want you to know about. And then who's on Neighborhood Eats uh, this week? Uh, I have Rue Chicago. Uh, R-O-O-H from the West Loop. It is progressive Indian food. Don't just, you know. Progressive politically? Well, progressive in terms is modern. It's okay. a modern take of Indian food, and it's uh, super posh. Um, it's really chic. It's a little bit different than your mom and pop Indian joint that you're thinking of. So it's a hip place. Yes. Well, I mean, everything on Restaurant Row is pretty hip, mm-hmm. right? Over mm-hmm. there on the West Loop. It's called Rue. R-O-O-H. It's like a fusion thing, or is it straight up Indian? Um, well, it's it really it's really Indian, uh, but it's uh, they're using local ingredients, and uh, so it's a take on Indian food with uh, the local ingredients that you would find here in the Midwest. So I'm elevated, intrigued. elevated. Rokan's scheduled to appear later as well. All right, let's do it. Top six and six right now. From the Steve Cochran Auditorium in the lovely Sunrise Hotel, it's time to get your kicks. Get your kicks. Get your kicks. With the Top 6 at 6, sponsored by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling, the 60-Minute Men. CTU, the Chicago Teachers Union, planning a rally this morning around City Hall during the mayor's first budget address for Thursday. CTU is calling a National Day of Action, asking teachers around the country to show support for Chicago striking teachers. There's also talk today of blocking traffic. Now, today, tomorrow, whatever. Let me just repeat what I've said a million times. You do not get anyone not immediately involved with your cause on your side by making them late for work. And this is going to be a mess because this starts at like 8 o'clock and there's going to be closures like at Wacker and Columbus, but are, these are, Randolph, are, are they closing Jackson them officially for this, this march? They're closing them along the route. So as they march, they're going to march to City Hall for the you know, so budget So the city's thing approved this thing then, obviously? I, they, well, they know about it and they're going to be following them around and closing the streets accordingly. Why, why, do we know why the streets have to be closed? Because there's going to be hundreds of people on them. <laughs> so, you know, this, the cars aren't going to be able to get just, through. So they're just saying public transportation, take it. I've had this conversation it's with crazy. legitimate protest uh, folks for years. I know. Get out, get out of the way. It really yeah. bothers you when they disrupt traffic. I don't understand. And every day at 8 life. o'clock it's going to start. It's I mean, that's... the top story on the news every day. You're not bringing more attention to it. Yeah. We already know about it. But the... In when people do do this, though, in their defense, it's about 
disrupting everyday life because they feel at the end of their rope and it's about hey, my I'm at the end of my rope it's my life is disrupted every day because of this situation and that's why I'm trying to disrupt your life a bit to get you to pay attention so well, that's, the logic. that's the logic that's the logic about yeah. it that's, that's the, the logic thing. well that's the logic <laughs> well, behind we, it but I'm we can saying. we can we can exert pressure on people to get it solved that's what they're hoping I, that I, we I, do. but blocking traffic isn't going to make me exert no. pressure Blocking traffic is going to make me annoyed. <laughs> but they're annoyed every day of their lives is what their point is, is mm-hmm. that they have to live with it. And Listen, you know, I, you know I support teachers. I know this you do. This is not the way to do it. I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying I have to, uh, you, there's only one side, so I'm just saying why, the logic behind it. That's Can what they're, that's they're, what they're thinking. Can you us, Steve? <laughs> well, it is inconvenient. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it absolutely is. Well, <clears throat> can't even drive around. This is America. <laughs> Uh, next, Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson is going to host the International Association Chiefs of Police Conference in town next week, but he's skipping Trump's speech. Uh, the president will uh, make a speech to the police. But Anthony Guglielmi said in a statement he will not. He, uh, Eddie Johnson, will not be attending the speech of the president because the values of the people of Chicago are more important to him than anything the president has to say. Um, it's America. Next. California couple whose daughter was admitted to Northwestern pleaded guilty on Monday as part of the ongoing fallout from the National College admission scandal. The students, the child of Manuel Enriquez and Elizabeth Enriquez, uh, who entered guilty pleas in Boston's federal court Monday after previously pleading not guilty, each faces charges of money laundering and conspiracy to commit mail and wire fraud. I don't know the specifics of their case as to how they got in. Uh, but there's nobody seemingly in the, in the Northwestern faculty that's implicated in this. No, no. And, and apparently the, the daughter is no longer at, at school there. And they had a, a somebody sit with the daughter while she took her SAT or ACT and gave her the answers. Well, that's not right. Doesn't seem so. And they apparently... They, they should had a, just go out and block traffic. They had another daughter who was admitted to a Georgetown under... Or applied to Georgetown under false pretenses. I heard what you did there. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Here's the thing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm yeah, explaining yeah, yeah. the logic behind it. But here's, like... here's the thing that I don't understand, and I haven't understood about these parents since this all started. You know, you, you get your kid into school, your kid's not going to be able to handle the work. I mean, they either, either earn their way in, mm-hmm. unless there's some extra level to this scandal, where they've also padded the first four years I'm, yeah, I mean, it, it defies logic. The only thing I could think about is maybe a kid that's really horrible at test taking. But I think there's measures that uh, yeah. you can ask Absolutely. for, there's like all special kind of te- and there's yeah, all accommodations. Kind of test prep too. Yeah. I mean, by special, the time you get around to it, I mean, I just I wish I could have had a a, ther- know, a therapy animal while I was taking my SAT. John DeCosta be a therapy animal? <laughs> <laughs> I could be that. I could be that. And did uh, the kid know who the person was sitting next to them? I, you know, that's the thing that well, one of the one of the I mean, families is claiming. This is my favorite uh, uh, excuse for this. One of the families is claiming that yes, they had someone else take the SAT, but they sat next to my daughter and she had to take it as well. We just submitted the higher score. Oh, how, that, yeah, that makes it okay. It, well, they, Lori, oh, go ahead. Go ahead no, there. I was just going to say they also bragged about it afterwards. That's how they ended up getting caught Ooh, because they oh, were they were brilliant. gloating. We hey, we beat the system. Well, well they're too dumb to get into uh, Northwestern then. <laughs> I, I read an article yesterday about Lori Laughlin and that she had talked about the half a million that they I had given. I prefer to you call her Aunt Becky. Oh, I'm sorry, Aunt Becky. <laughs> uh, I, then I read an article about Aunt Becky. But uh, 
she is just saying, I'm like, how could they say that they were not guilty? And there were a couple of points there, but one of them that made me laugh was um, that it was just a donation. $500,000 was a donation. But they did, uh, they were asked to have uh, photos of their daughter's uh, in rowing uniforms, and uh, and 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 they didn't know what those were being used for. Well, then why would right. you not question that? Um, any parent has an idea of the skill level of their child. Any parent. <laughs> Do you think though? I think parent. Not all parents are realistic, though. I think because it, it's your child, so you just think that they just need a little help, and if you just help them, then yeah. they'll get over that. Yeah, they'll have that edge. You want them to have the best life. I don't know. It never... I'll see you in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it never appealed to... I mean, it never even crossed my mind. Well, college, yeah. college is, is one of the first big steps, because public school you're entitled to. College is one of the first big steps of, now you got to earn it. This is how you be a grown-up. Right. you got to earn your way in. And for the rest of your life, you're going to have to pay your way, in general. Mm-hmm. So having said that, if you <laughs> bribe your kid into school, what are you doing for the next four years? I yeah, don't get why, it. watch them yeah. fail. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you can't it. follow them to every class and you know uh, help them good, with every test. But good luck with the rowing team. Next, <laughs> federal judge gave the go-ahead Tuesday to the city of Chicago's lawsuit against Jesse Smollett. You might remember him. He's a guy that uh, faked an attack, said it was Trump people that attacked him in one of the least Trump-like neighborhoods in all of Chicago, um, <laughs> and then walked around with a rope around his neck um, and uh, and was seen on video. Or I should say his uh, hired thugs were seen on video. <laughs> What's the name of that story? The Hungry Beaver or something? It's, it's the Crafty Beaver. The Crafty Beaver. Yeah. And it is, uh, yeah, it's near the where Grisanich and I Beaver, live in Uptown. Which is so perfect. We have yeah. all kinds of other names for it, too, but we can't say them on the radio. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, $130,000 in overtime incurred by the police. That's the point of the lawsuit, and uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll ask County about it when she's on. Uh, next, Cirque du Soleil, the Montreal-based entertainment behemoth uh, with famed productions uh, around Mexican culture, uh, steampunk, Chris Angel, they did Michael Jackson twice, Greek mythology, sex. I mean, it's all been done. But it's never produced a Christmas show until now. The all-new Twas the Night Before is coming in November to the Chicago Theater. I didn't know you could do Cirque du Soleil on a small stage. Well, they do the traveling. I guess they do it in Vegas, don't they? Well, they have a tent that travels here. Yeah, but that's big. Yeah. I've been to those shows. Yeah. I mean, I'm in those shows. You're in them? Yeah. My goodness, I learn something about you every day. I'm the the guy that just stands there in the middle while people swing around me and stuff. Oh, that's the best job. Sometimes I like turn left. And then there's this. Krispy Kreme Donuts has opened a shop in the city for the first time in a long time. It's the Block 37 Pedway. It's first store in downtown Chicago in 14 years. A shop on the lower level stretch of the Pedway connects the CTA's blue and red lines, which is perfect. Get all sugared up before you get on the train. Uh, Donuts will not be made on site, though. They'll be delivered twice daily from suburban Krispy Kreme locations where they're made fresh. This is interesting because I remember they expanded really quickly and they had to close a lot of the shops down, but now it looks like they're expanding again. But I like them hot, fresh off the conveyor belt. That's what they told you. But in fact, the reason they closed down so many stores was everybody died. (laughs) Those donuts are delicious. They're very delicious, and that's why people use as many as they do. John, you like the Krispy Kreme, don't you? Oh, I love them. But it has to be hot off of that little conveyor belt. If you're going to ship them in, then I might as well just pick them up from the jewels. John had an accident in the car once. I did. With yeah. donuts? Yeah. You want to tell them what happened? 
The but with the cut. Well, actually, yeah, because I I bought a dozen for my family. I put them on the side, and then this guy cut me off, and the entire box just flew into my uh, mouth. <laughs> right, and then and then there's no doubt for anybody. Heavens to Betsy, that's a shame. <laughs> I don't think you've ever asked me to do a bit on the air. <laughs> you got to admit it was a flawless setup. That was fine. That was good. 620. We'll come back with more in a moment. That's it. That's all today for the top six at six. No more. Sponsored by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling. The 60-Minute Men. All right. Steve Cochran Show at 625 in the morning. And again, as I said, uh, Karen Conti will be on shortly. Before we get to what G used to do for fun as a little girl, uh, in rural North Carolina, um, one texter uh, just a moment ago from the 708. As a teacher, I don't feel bad about the parents being found guilty for cheating. There's a huge difference of getting your child help academically because they need it. A tutor or going to a tutoring center. Parents should not have to do these tests or the work for the kids. It's flat out wrong. I don't entirely understand that text. I think what the te- well, it doesn't matter. What I think. Uh, here's my problem with the text is you have to earn your way into college. And there are certain uh, to level the playing field for everybody. And by the way, I fully understand it's not completely level. But to theoretically level the play- playing field for everybody, you have to earn your way into paying an exorbitant amount for a private school. <laughs> you have to earn your way to owing student loans for the rest of your life. And for that reason, if somebody <laughs> cheats their kid in, then it's not fair to the others who don't. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely a lot of other factors like, you know, economic ability to be able to hire tutors and that sort of thing. But yeah, definitely but you shouldn't be cheating. Hiring no. a tutor I think that's is... what the texter is saying. She's like, she doesn't feel bad for these parents because they cheated. That's what I thought. Yeah. But but hiring a tutor is completely different Absolutely. than cheating your kid. First of all, it's kid. legal. It's yeah, legal to exactly. hire a tutor and help your kid out if you can. If you have the ability, more power to you to help your child. I've uh, said many times I grew up in a small town, and for fun, we used to go to the airport and watch planes land because only one came in every hour. (laughs) Um, G grew up in a little town in North Carolina. What did you do for fun? Um, Well, it was the Walmart parking lot, and then there was the Krispy Kreme donut where you could watch the donuts on the conveyor belt. That's why I have fond memories of Krispy Kreme donuts. I can't believe you left. Right. It was really tough. Why would you even want to leave? Tough decision, guys. And we should say again, it was uh, before the internet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the internet hadn't been invented yet. Uh, sports with Mr. Ennett coming up, including the Hawks losing late after really dominating Vegas for 58 and a half minutes. Yep. And uh, then it went the wrong way. Uh, they pick up a point, but they should have had two, and they'll get it right tomorrow night in the revenge against the Philadelphia Flyers. Before we get to Dave, we get to the news right now. <laughs> All right, it is uh, 6.37, 6.38, actually. Thank you, Steve. Uh, you know, you get, uh, I'll get to Karen Conti in a second, but you get voice to text, and sometimes the meaning gets lost a little bit. So I want to give Matt a chance to clear this up. He's in Orland Park. Hey, Matt. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. All right, tell me about that text. Okay, so first of all, love the show. Thanks. I listen to you guys every morning, so you. I, you guys are my morning commute radio. Um, Thank you. But I, as, a, as a teacher, I... I don't feel bad about the parents who try to pay their, you know, try to cheat their child into college. I worked to get into college. I worked hard to get into college. I had to go through tutoring centers. I had to go through private tutors myself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I wasn't good academically. And I worked hard to get academically better to get into college. So because I wanted to be a teacher. So but I don't feel bad about parents being caught for cheating their child in. And 
there's a difference between, for me, there's a difference between getting the help that your child needs if they're struggling in their schoolwork to help them get better, and there's a difference by just doing it for them. Yeah, well, that, that, yeah we're saying the same thing, uh, that it's okay. not okay to cheat your way in. Uh, and uh, you, you, you probably should have a betterment of the system where you don't have to pay for extensive, expensive tutors, but if you can afford it and you do it, that's certainly legal and okay. Yeah, so I, I just want to make sure that there's, like, no confusion or anything like that. No, I appreciate I like, it. Where do you teach? I, I, where do I teach? Yeah. I teach at St. Michael's School in Orland Park. What do you teach? Uh, I teach technologies in say, at a, say, a private uh, Catholic school in St. Michael's in Orland Park. So a and, computer, uh, uh, how to uh, text on their phone? Oh, they probably know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they know that. Uh, I teach them how to use the computers properly as a as a tool rather than just using it for games. Oh, cool. Uh, I teach I teach digital digital citizenship, which means like online safety, sure. uh, recognizing cyberbullying, and what to do when there's something not right going on on the other side of the computer. So progressive school. I, I appreciate the fact that you do that, and I hope all schools, uh, if they don't have you, they get you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. Thank All right, you. man. Thanks. I love that. Online citizenship. I've never heard of that yeah. before. There's a lot of adults that could take that class, too. <laughs> Amen to that. Karen Conti joins us. She's on the radio Sunday nights, G. She does this legal thing here. And, uh, G, if you want to call her and say, i got a friend who's in trouble, we really do know it's you. She's already bailed me out of jail twice. Hi, Karen. Good morning. I take on all hard tasks. I understand that. Yeah, look at me. All right, so Jesse <laughs> Smollett's back in the news. Uh, the city wants to recover how much money? I think it's about $130,000, and that's, that's what they say that they incurred in investigating his false claim. And what did the judge say? Well, they tried to dismiss it. Jesse Smollett's lawyer said, hey, you know what? He couldn't have imagined that the police would spend all this time and money, and therefore their lawsuit against him uh, should be dismissed. And the judge said, mm, no, uh, you, generally speaking, if you do something wrong and there are consequences that are logically, uh, that logically follow from that wrong, then yes, you are responsible for it. Uh, this means the case goes forward. Any sense of what happens next? Well, there's discovery, and that's going to be interesting because we might get to see some things that we haven't seen yet. We'll see maybe what's in the police reports, a little, a little more detail. We'll see what was said back and forth. We'll see, you know, the issue as to whether it was a false claim in the first place is going to be an issue. So uh, the two brothers who were involved will be deposed. Unless the whole thing is settled, you know, it should be settled. Someone should write a check and be done with it. And if he wants his career to move forward, you would think he would compromise here, write the check and move on. Um, and those two guys that were in the Happy Beaver, um, I think the whole trial should take place there. Crafty Beaver. What is it, the Crafty, crafty beaver? beaver? Oh, I thought it was the Happy Beaver. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, several interesting things legally in the news, uh, including this. A cosmetic company has been fined for posting false reviews. We hear about this all the time. How do businesses protect themselves when somebody's killing them online? Well, there's two parts to this that are interesting. Um, if, if there are false reviews, okay, that's one thing. And the law, um, you know, law takes care of that. That's defamation. So if you make a false claim about a product or a competitor, you know, goes on your website and makes a false claim that I didn't like this product and it really did bad things, um, that's already protected. This is interesting because this company allegedly um, made false positive claims. So they created this positive hype about this product and they created false, uh, you know, like, you know, 
just, you know, comparisons and things like that. So people go on, of course, before they spend $100 on a little tiny bottle of, of face cream, and they read these reviews and they say, oh, my gosh, these independent people are making these great po- uh, positive uh, uh, reviews. Sure. And, in fact, they were false and they were trumped up. And uh, the law isn't really caught up with this yet, but I think we're going to see some really strong laws on this in the future because that's how people are buying things these days. And there needs to be, uh, you and I have talked about this many times, uh, the Wild West of the Internet isn't so wild anymore, but you continue to have to develop laws as time goes on because, well, that shouldn't be right. We find that out as we go, right? Well, that's right. And I mean, there are laws on the books about false advertising. And clearly, you know, this could be deemed to be false advertising because they're they're basically telling people to make up a bunch of stuff. But, you know, even when you search for a lawyer or, a, you know, an accountant or whatever, the people who come up first on those uh, Google sites are just, you know, those are people who pay to get up there. And there's ways to bury bad reviews. And there's, there's old businesses that you can hire to get, you know, to uh, maximize what your Google search shows. So so where does that line get drawn as to what's false and what's not? That's where the law is going to be very interesting. I just thought it'd be a cool business if you could call it Google Page 2, because <laughs> nobody ever goes to Page 2, and Page 2 would be the stuff you're missing because you only look at Page 1, so it's all highlighted. <laughs> That's what I'm working on. Um, all right. Uh, Boston has a, a new law going into effect. I don't see how this isn't a free speech issue. Maybe it will be. But if somebody calls somebody else a bitch, that's the word, they want to make it illegal, the people that are putting this law forward. Has this got any chance of, of actually getting through? I don't think so. And I think that from what I've read, the politician is saying, we just want to make a statement here. Well, you don't make a statement by trying to pass laws that are going to be stricken down. And if for some reason it does get passed and it has to go through the whole process, that's an expensive process. Pretty clear that that is, would be a violation of the First Amendment because we are allowed to swear. Profanity is certainly uh, free speech. We, we, aren't, we aren't guaranteed of nice words. And that word can be used in so many different ways. As you all have seen, that word can be used in a very friendly way when, it ta- when you're talking to friends, and it can be used in a nasty way. But we use in a dog show. <laughs> exactly. And I just don't think that, I think we should be doing more important things. But but again, you know, they're trying to, I guess, you know, make people a little more civilized. And, and that's really not the way to do it. Because when you try to enforce those things, it's just there's no good way to enforce them. I mean, how are you interpreting that word on, in any given day? And what's the story about uh, the state of New York trying to save local news? It's a weird one. Um the, it, it looks like New York is passing a law or trying to pass a law requiring cable stations to carry local news stations so that they would be obligated to air local news stories and, and, and things coming from a local uh, perspective. That's really interesting, and it's very complicated, but, you know, Interestingly, the 20 years ago, the U.S. Supreme Court came down with a ruling requiring cable stations to allow local stations to be uh, to run their 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 uh, airwaves or what have you. Well, yeah, the FCC, the FCC used to have your license determined on how much you were attempting to do the public good. There's still some factor of that, and frankly, I don't know how that law has changed. But for radio stations and television stations governed by the FCC. Uh, to prove that they are uh, doing the best to serve the community. That's very loose terms, but that sounds like what this would fall under. Cable never fell under that before. 
yeah, it, it's very interesting. And, and cable, you know, every, everybody's got cable. So if you aren't going to uh, allow the, the local news to be broadcast, you're not going to have any local news anymore. How, how, but content, that's where the First Amendment comes in. The government can pass laws for the good of the community, but they can't monitor and they can't uh, regulate the content that gets mm-hmm. uh, broadcast. So this will, this will be an interesting one. Uh, one listener says, hey, uh, in regards to the new marijuana law on January 1st, I was convicted for cultivating marijuana under five plants. Does that conviction get thrown out retroactively when the new weed law kicks in? I'm not sure if that particular crime, I'd have to look exactly what it is, would be under that uh, the expungement of all of those. Uh, if it does, if it is under that um, uh, parameter, then those things get expunged almost automatically. You really don't even have to apply for it. But if he can, he can contact me at my office and he can give me the exact um, crime that he was convicted of. Uh, it, it, he's saying that he's he's been charged with it now, and he wants to know if. No, I, I think it sounds like it's in the past. It's in the past. Yeah, if it falls under, there's a, there's a bunch of uh, laws. Uh, there's, a, there's a law that says that a bunch of uh, crimes uh, relating to marijuana, not felonies, not with guns, but just minor marijuana crimes will automatically be expunged from people's records. And everyone should know what, what those are. And if he emails me, I will look it up and I will make sure that his is among those that will be expunged. And what email are you suggesting? That would be WGN at AskKarenConti.com. All right. And uh, phone number? 312-332-7800. Helpful listener says, I heard the Crafty Beaver is owned by the company that ran the Regal Beagle. Remember the Regal Beagle? Yes. Three's company. Oh, I don't remember that. Come on, knock on my door. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Karen Conti. All right. Have a great week. 312-981-7200. John DeCostas here. John, how are you? I'm doing well. One of the things you're most famous for, aside from being musical director of the program and one of America's great stand-up comedians, is, in fact, fact or fiction. Fact or fiction. Or, as G likes to call it, truth or untruth. Right. And uh, (laughs) fact or fiction is a simple game to play. John will make a statement, and you will have to determine if it's fact or fiction. This game grew out of a necessity because John says nonsensical things all the time. And we have to always determine if they're real or not. That's pretty much yeah, like true. The, we said, let's make that a game. Like the donuts flying into somebody's mouth. Yeah, like that. Just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 312-981-7200 is the number uh, if you'd like to play Factor Fiction for prizes. Texter says, some people's children are stunningly average and don't need college. Everybody would be better served if honorable manual labor was upheld as a desirable choice. I dare you to pass the test to get into apprenticeship programs for an electrician or plumbing. Since we almost attend university now, cheating will become even more commonplace. Count on it. I don't doubt that cheating will continue. I hope it doesn't become more commonplace. I do think manual labor, as you write it, uh, has not only become a, a, an alternative choice, it's a, it's a valuable choice and a w- more well-respected choice. And there are also these alternative schools that will teach you how to write code or encourage your code writing in technical schools, game development, things like that, that are Absolutely. two years instead of four. I don't think the traditional four-year college is the best uh, call for every kid. No. And in fact, uh-uh. um, there's a lot of uh, manufacturing jobs um, that are in the six figures that they're having trouble filling yep. because people aren't trained in running and operating big machinery and technical equipment. You are correct, and uh, it's a good way to make a living. And if you're uh, excited about that or your kid is, well, you should encourage it, and I hope you do. In the meantime... 
Um, we'll do factor fiction right now with a couple of players. Um, and let's see, we're playing for Lou Malnati's Pizza. We got apt gift cards. Oh, and I got a pair of tickets for Dead Man Walking at the Lyric. November 2nd through the 22nd. I might even give that away. Stand by for all of that as we start with Tim in Uptown. You understand the concept, Tim? Yes. All right, John, are you ready? <laughs> Good morning, Tim. Here you go. In Japan, uh, McDonald's, Ronald McDonald, is called Donald McDonald because it's easier to pronounce. In Japan, uh, Ronald McDonald is called Donald McDonald because it's easier to pronounce. And uh, Tim said a fact, correct? Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. Tim is correct. It, it is, is a fact. fact. It oh. is a fact. Wow. Joe, what would you like to give Tim? <laughs> Way for to go, Tim. Being a big ding, ding, Donald ding. McDonald fan. <laughs> what does Tim want? <laughs> you like your pizza, Tim, or would you like an apt gift card? Uh, Lou Malnati's would be awesome. Lou Malnati's home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza. 40 Chicagoland locations. Order online at LouMalnati's.com. Thank you, sir. Hold the line. Wow. Tim was from Uptown, right? Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's nothing better than watching Dave just look at me and shake his head. <laughs> right. Hey, Donald. I don't get it. Donald McDonald. I know. Uh, Mindy's in McHenry. Hi, Mindy. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, fine. Thank you. Where are you going? You going to work? Yes, I am. Excited? Going to have a good day? Yep. Happy to have a job. Aww, I, I like your attitude. Oh, great. Good. What kind of job Very is good. it? Um, It's for Mariano's. Oh, I love Mariano. Mariano's. Oh, Mariano's, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mariano's has great chicken wings and chicken salad from the deli. They do. Yes, they, they do. do. It's, a, it's such a great... Like stuff already prepared, you walk in and take it and walk out. That it's food wonderful. bar, what is it, 10 bucks a pound? Or something? Yes, it's, it's even so less good, than that. Yeah, I know. Right? Uh, all right, Mindy, uh, fact or fiction. Here we go, John. Here you go. Uh, in the original novel, Wizard of Oz, the wizard's full name is Abadel Zanatowski. Abadel Zanatowski. Boy, I love Abadel's voice, though. you got to be honest. I mean, her albums are Towski? Towski? Abadel Zanatowski. What do you think? Fact or fiction, Mindy? Uh, um, I don't have a clue. Just, I don't have a clue, so I'm just going to say fact. I don't know. So fact? Yeah, yeah fact. No, I totally made that up. <laughs> I was going to say. You know what, Mindy? You know what, Mindy? I like you. You win anyway. We have an app gift say. card for you. Stand good by, job. Mindy. Mindy has such a good attitude. Yes. Yes, she does. Yeah, it. she loves her job. App gift card for Mindy because everybody wins on this show even when they lose. First, uh, visit their store in Glenview online at abt.com. The president's calling right after we take care of the news. Steve's job is to take care of the news, and the music means he starts now. Who dat? That's Sheila E. Sheila E's coming up live this week. Go play drums in studio. What? No, I'm kidding. I just like this. <laughs> I knew Shaylee a little bit back in the day, and I remember a long conversation we had where I said, hey, I'm a big fan, and she said, thank you, and she kept walking. <laughs> so we were tight. At uh, 7, 10, the president will be calling in a second. Also, I, I really, I'd love to hear from a kid uh, who is missing school and missing school. You know, a kid that wants to go to school. We're now four or five days in. And it looks like it's going to run the week here. And I know a lot of kids are going, this is great. I'm sleeping in. But there's kids who love school. I love school. Well, I did back then. It'd be silly if I went back now. 
Um, but if, uh, you know, you got a kid in your house that uh, misses school, or you're listening now and you do, uh, I'd like to talk to you. 312-981-7200. You can text as well. Uh, 710 now. And, Later, loser. Oh, guy's like a psychic. Later, loser. Later, loser. That's his ringtone for me. Uh, good morning, Mr. President. How are you today? Wearing my presidential harassment like a badge of honor, Cochran. Hey, before we get started, I just want to officially congratulate Prime Minister Al Jolson of Canada on his election victory. <laughs> That's not his name. You mean Justin Trudeau, but I did see what you did there. Um, yeah, he managed to squeak out a win, didn't he? I tried to call him personally to congratulate him, but he was still celebrating, you know, painting the town black. <laughs> I will tell you, he tricked a lot of voters into believing he was both the white guy running and the minority candidate. Genius. Well, we're, he's an innovator. Now, uh, on to more important news. A U.S. diplomat and former ambassador to Ukraine, Bill Taylor, 50 years of uh, diplomatic service, testified to Congress yesterday, contradicted your claim there was no quid pro quo uh, in regards to your call with the Ukrainian president, President uh, Zelensky. So what do you have on that? Well, Bill Taylor's a partisan hack, okay, first of all, because there was absolutely no quid, completely no pro, and definitely not even one ounce of quo. No totally quo. quoless. No quo. Totally. Believe me. By the way, I don't know if you know this, Cochran, but quid pro quo is actually an old Latin phrase that means Joe Biden did all three. I did not know he that. Qu- he quitted, he proed, and without a shadow of a doubt, he absolutely quoed. Hunter, too. Hunter, well, too. Well, thanks for clearing that up. Now... Why would you change your mind about having the G7 at Doral? Did the Democrats kind of force you into this? No, nothing like that. It was a simple mistake, really, a double booking conflict. Oh, I see, a hotel problem. Yeah, during the same time the G7 would have been at my resort, we also have the Lipschitz Bar Mitzvah. And we can't move that since they already locked in their deposit. So, oops, my bad. Totally. It happens. Look, uh, they say that your Doral Resort hosting the G7 would be another violation on your part of the Emoluments Clause in the Constitution, sir. Look, nobody knows anything about this Monuments Clause, okay? We're not even discussing my plans for a giant statue of me to rival Lincoln's on the National Mall yet. But that's right. coming, believe me. <laughs> uh, sir, it's not Monuments, it's Emoluments. Well, whatever the heck it is, nobody's heard of it. It's phony. We never even offered that course at the Trump U, okay? It's phony. That I can tell you. Look, an anonymous senior official from your own administration, the same person, him or her, who wrote, I'm part of the resistance, that op-ed in the New York Times, you're so Right. written a new book about you it's called a warning and it's not a very flattering picture what are you saying about that look it's very sad cochran but it's a fact of life people will say whatever they have to in order to sell books mm-hmm. and let me tell you i've been stabbed in the back so many times so many that i've started wearing kevlar golf shirts Probably smart i kind of miss the old days when the only ones stabbing me in the back were ex-wives you know <laughs> hey what about this mitt romney thing mitt romney having a secret twitter account under the name Pierre Delecto. Your thoughts on that? Look, Mitt's a goofy guy, but I had no idea he'd be going on Twitter all stealth-like. I really didn't. But Pierre Delecto, I mean, that's a really great name if you're a French porn star. <laughs> that I can tell you. Pierre Delecto. Very weird name. Not as weird as Reince Priebus or Carlos Danger, but close. Yeah, you know, I have to agree. So, about that Romney fake Twitter account, sir. Look, look, it just goes to show you that we've always known Mitt Romney is a coward. He's a coward that's too afraid to tweet under his own name. Now, if you're going to tweet, and I should know, just come right out and do it. 
take out your phone, type every single thing that's going through your head without filtering yourself, and mm-hmm. post them all at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's the real grown-up way to use Twitter. Believe me. And then you got this Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who's endorsing Bernie Sanders. You've been thinking about that at all? Wow. Stop the stop the primaries. Bernie's all done. He was so touched by AOC's endorsement, Cochran. He gave his uh, he gave her his two most prized possessions, his hammer and his sickle. <laughs> True. Not only that, during AOC's endorsement speech, she stopped three times for applause and twice to resuscitate Bernie. <laughs> and then there's Michael Moore, too. Let's not forget about Mr. Elastic Pants. Oh, yeah, Michael Moore. He endorsed Bernie Sanders, too. I believe the last thing Michael uh, endorsed before Bernie was uh, Swanson's Hungry Man Frozen Dinners. <laughs> hey, Cochran, speaking of endorsements, can I just say I totally endorse actor Dennis Quaid's choice for a fiancé? I'll bet you do. 65-year-old Quaid proposed to his 26-year-old fiancé, Lisa, I believe her last name's Savoy. She's a Ph.D. student. God bless Dennis. I've got to admit, if I had a hero besides myself, I would definitely be him. Mm-hmm. Have, have you have you seen this girl? I mean, she's a ten. She's maybe an eleven. Very pretty. Maybe an eleven. The only downside is she's getting a PhD and not a GED. Those three letters would have made all the difference, Cochran. Believe me. Listen, finally, Mr. President. Speaking of smart women, would you care to comment about the success of NASA's historic first all-female spacewalk? I will tell you, that was such a tremendous success, especially for our country and for women. I mean, it really was. It was actually only supposed to be one woman going for the walk, but they ended up all going together when they thought there was a bathroom out there. You know how the ladies are, Cochran. Once again, sir, you've done a fine job. We thank you for calling President Trump. Later, loser. I think he's really starting to like me. I don't know if you can tell. Oh, uh, yeah. It's no. There's no question about it. Yeah, the emphasis on later loser has changed just slightly, and I think he's really warming to me now. A little more touching. Three one two ninety one seventy two hundred callers texters. That's the drill. We'll come back and do more. Be sure to check out the CB app or hit up Facebook to tell Chicago's best TV where you like to eat. Watch Chicago's best Sundays at ten p.m. on WGN TV. Your pick may be. Chicago's best. Not time for Dave to hit puberty. <laughs> Do it the best. I'm getting there. Believe me, it's taking a while. Good for you. Good for you. You're turning into such a big boy. Uh, if you have not had breakfast yet, uh, maybe you do what I do. I'm not a coffee drinker, so I'll roll through a McDonald's drive thru and get a Diet Coke most mornings. That's my caffeine hit. Um, but the people who uh, work in fast food restaurants have put together. A story for Business Insider. Business Insider, by the way, is under the radar. That is a very good website, which has a a wide range of news. You would think Business Insider. What would they focus on, Dave? Well, business. Business. And maybe inside stuff on business. They got plenty of that, but they also have plenty of life stuff, too. So here's some things fast food workers will want you to know uh, next time you're in the restaurant uh, or even in the drive-thru. Not knowing what you want before ordering is rude. Yeah, I've talked about this. You know who used to talk about this all the time, John, is our old friend John Panette. Yep. The late, great John Panette. Yep. He would say something subtle like this. They have hamburgers and fish and chicken. If you don't know what you want, get out of the line. Get out of the line. Uh, And again, uh, it's not uh, going and sitting down and waiting for a wine list. It's McDonald's or whatever. It's no secret what they have. So know what you want while you're uh, uh, before you're uh, in line. Uh, staff members notice when you fill up your free water cups with soda. <laughs> Are you guilty, Ella? I, w- yeah. 
I've done so it before. You're a thief. Well, no, it's just. Do you owe Donald McDonald money? Uh, yes, I no. <laughs> I I plead the fifth. Um, well, you know, if you want a soda, buy a soda. Well, you know, sometimes I am indecisive. I mean, I don't get in line until I know. But then sometimes I think, oh, I I don't need a soda. Listen, Soda's bad for listen, you. Listen, I love you, but I can't imagine. I can I can see it <laughs> vividly standing in line behind you and go, oh, what do I feel like? I <laughs> what do I feel like today? Do I feel fish? Do I feel chicken? So I, I, I am one of those people that have. I have super food envy, so if you go out to dinner with me, I'll be staring at your plate of food, and my eyes will be asking you, please ask me if I want a bite. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Please Like share. a golden retriever? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, here's something else. Using the bathroom without buying something is often considered rude. Look, I've done this. Yeah. Where I'm on the road, and you know I have a long commute. I live in a double-wide in East St. Louis, as you know. And, uh, um, you know, you roll into a place where, you're, you know, there's going to be a, an easy jump in the bathroom. And I go in. I sit. Now, I'm a large human being with a giant head. Uh, you know, I, I, it's not like I can sneak into places. And, you know, a fair amount of people know who I am. So I walk into a place and I stealthily I go into the bathroom and I come out. And invariably somebody says, can I help you, sir? Or hi, Steve. <laughs> I always buy something if I do that. Well, yeah. you should. And I almost Same always do. But I, I have used it with I'm admitting. I'm being honest. But what if the line is really long? Then and... I go through the drive-thru. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And if that line's really long, I just take off. <laughs> uh, let's see. Asking for tons of condiments or utensils can be frustrating for workers, especially if it's clear you're just stocking up at home. <laughs> I, I'm a condiment Queen, I love my fridge is just full of different condiments. So I aren't they laid out in most places? Like you pick them up yourself, or do you have to ask? For well, them? sometimes at a certain fast food chain that I can think of right now for their nuggets, they don't. You have to ask. Is that the one that rhymes with McDonald's? No. Oh, but you have to ask, and uh, I like to have at least four different flavors of the dipping sauce. Wow. For the nuggets. Wow. Yeah, yeah McDonald's wild. tells you that you get this many if you need more. You have to ask. I get the buffalo more. ranch. <laughs> you're out of Polynesian. You're out of control. <laughs> the little bit of the barbecue. And do you mix them together? No, but I just I want. See, I I well, variety. Yes. You're really living it up. Yeah. <laughs> you're going out. You're gonna have a big night. Did you remember the Szechuan sauce that was out briefly? For oh the, yeah. So I, uh, I I actually set aside about twenty of those little containers. I got a bunch of extra ones, and I've actually. Put them away. They were selling really those on, on Amazon. eBay. Yeah, on, e- They're on eBay. eBay. That was it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do. I don't do what Grzanich does, but I do ask because I like to. And I like to line the sauces up, and then I also like to have the ketchup and a little bit of mayo, too. Sometimes I like a fry dipped in mayo. <laughs> All right then. Uh, could you get Homeland Security to watch her? <laughs> I got three of those. I, I got three of those Szechuan sauces left. If anybody wants one, we'll start the bidding at twenty one dollars. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> Allowing your children to order their own meals might feel like a good way to foster their independence, but you're really annoying the crap out of the people right behind your cute kid. Uh, making very specific order requests and adjustments yeah. can slow down the entire kitchen. Well, how specific can it get? But, you know, I've, I've done this even in drive-thru. I've been behind a car, and you can hear because their window's down. And they're like, yeah, I need a quarter pound of cheese. Do me a favor. Uh, no, I want different cheese and no pickle. Not like one pickle. <laughs> Give me one pickle. I'm like, would you? Come on. Right. My daughter used to order the ham and cheese without the cheese. 
<laughs> she, from uh, I think it was Hardee's when we were always tra- yeah, yeah, traveling yeah. in Wisconsin. That was sure. the only thing open, and she would be like, "I want the ham and cheese without the cheese." I'm like, "You can't do that," but they did it. You know, I have ordered. I've done this. This drives me nuts. I've ordered a cheeseburger plain, and they go, "Okay, so you no cheese either?" No, that would be a hamburger plain. Well, you remember my friend Paul Coit in New York last summer. Oh, yeah, that's right. His daughter, he takes his little girl into a McDonald's, and he said. Um, we like a hamburger. And they said, we only have cheeseburgers. <laughs> and I said, well, you can, can you not put the cheese on it? They go, no, we don't do that. He goes, no, no, I'll pay for the cheeseburger, but I, she just doesn't want the cheese, so could I get the, the hamburger instead of the We don't do hamburgers. <laughs> uh, and the last thing in this list is uh, don't leave the table a mess. You're not at home, and your mom's not there to clean oh, up after I you. I never do that. Yeah, I agreed. Glenn and Evanson says, uh, a guy I used to know once tried ordering a pizza without the crust claiming he was allergic to bread. Must have been for the whole, before the whole gluten thing. Um, you're talking about what? Just a bowl of cheese with pepperoni in there somewhere? Well, he probably, oh, like no crust at all. Apparently. Oh, it wasn't like cheese to the edges. Well, that, okay. that would be like if you had a combination um, muffin pizza place. But it was like muffin tops and pizza tops. Like you wouldn't have the actual crust, <laughs> right. or you wouldn't have the muffin top, or the rest of the muffin, I that, should say. That would be hard. So, uh, 773, I drive the people at McDonald's crazy because I order the yogurt parfait without the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they pre made? That's probably why it drives them crazy. Yeah, because yeah, the they have to fish there. it out. <laughs> oh, God. And then they give you the granola on the top, right? Uh, yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure how that works. Uh, and then there's this, Steve. Serious question: With all his talk and golf courses, is Trump a good golfer, or does he dress a seventy, talk an eighty, and shoot a one twenty? He's better than a one twenty. I only played with him one time in a in a like an exhibition when he opened a course in L.A. and I played three or four holes. He, he was a good player, but that was fifteen years ago, maybe. Wow. And uh, I would say right now at the age of 72, he's probably about a 15 to 20 handicap who doesn't claim that. (laughs) So uh, there's a book out by Rick Riley, former Sports Illustrated writer called Commander and Cheat, if you want some funny golf stories about Donald Trump. Big exciting day coming up. I'm getting a new phone, but I'm I'm sticking with what I have. I'm just doing the new new version. You hear no, that? He's no. got a new iPhone. I am now. so excited. You're finally joining yes. us. No, let me tell you Way something. Way to go, Steve. iPhone yeah, Steve. We can, iPhone Steve. We Way can to go. airdrop one another. We don't have to like text each other directly anymore. We can share on the cloud. I don't understand you iPhone people. You're like from another planet. You'll get the new emoji. No, I'm an Android man from Wayback. The, the new Samsung Note 10 Plus. It's a little big for my pocket. I understand it's four feet by four feet. <laughs> yeah, is, it, is it as large as an iPad? <laughs> um, it's, it's it's a tablet. It's a phablet. You know that term? The phablet? The phone tablet? Uh, but uh, I forgot. It's been two years. I've never held a phone this long. And it's been two years, and I forgot what a pain it is to make sure everything's backed up. Well, see, if you had an iPhone, it would automatically back up it, the cloud. The majority, yeah. no, but then, see, I've got like okay. triple th- backups for stuff, because I want to make sure I save stuff I'll never look at. I want to make sure I save everything <laughs> that I'll never use again. Um, I'm almost like a phone data hoarder, you know, where I'm just keeping everything. But obviously, I want the pictures. And But besides from the pictures, um, like writing for stand-up or, you know, writing stuff down for the show, I'll take notes on anything. I got like eight note-taking apps, you know, separately. I keep downloading new note-taking apps because I can't find one that I really like that I use every day. 
Uh, so they all have stuff on them. So you go through, you back up everything. And, um, you know, by the time you finish taking care, I mean, literally, it's been two days trying to figure out if I'm prepared to get a new phone. You also take notes on the old fashioned, I mean, the old fashioned way. I see you over there writing little notes mm-hmm. and then on pieces of paper that you then fold up into tiny, tiny little squares. And then I put it in my car and I never look at it again. <laughs> Why are you nodding your head about this? No, because uh, let, me, let me explain something for those of you who don't know. I have written many checks to Steve for shows that we have done. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I have to contact him a month later and go, hey, could you put that check in the bank? <laughs> I didn't want to be rude. I want to give it time. <laughs> Instead of Bank Chevy, could we go to a real bank? But I have a system. You know, if you move stuff, I won't know my system, but I do have a system. Give me a check. I'll check. Let's <laughs> go cash right away. Don't you have PayPal or something like that? So, uh, well, that's look at you, Miss Fancy yeah. Venmo. I tried need? to do. Th- I tried to do that with him. That's uh, we're, we're giving that so shot. easy. I've now got, I just go to the bank and get yeah, a cashier's it. check, and it's I done. I got PayPal. I got Venmo. Zell. Got them all, huh? Zell, Zell, I don't have Zell. Zell, Z-E-L-L. There's a personal reason I don't have Zell. Chase Pay. There's too many of them. It's very confusing. No, 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 no. No, I mean, Venmo and PayPal, why do I need anything more than that? Well, some people use, it's tied to your bank, different ones. Yeah, I don't like it being tied to my bank. Does anybody have an issue with the Note 10 before I go out and commit today? 312-981-7200. Isn't the Note 10 the one that always caught fire? No, that was way earlier. That was like the Note 5. They figured that problem out. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I carry a Note 8 around all day and my butt's not on fire. So. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed. Well, Did you ever hold Steve's phone? It weighs uh, it weighs seventeen pounds. Now you guys give me a hard time because I've got a backup battery, yes. and the backup battery it's is like bigger a than nuclear your car. power reactor. <laughs> the backup battery can literally charge your phone nine times. It yeah. will come, but in it handy. weighs like fourteen pounds it's, during the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I know. I think that's true. The other change in tech today is Gmail. Gmail is going to start charging you for storage for everything. So when you reach the limit in Gmail for free storage, uh, guess what? You're paying that. Now, it's not through the roof, but it's a couple of bucks a month. Uh, it's called uh, it's called uh, Google Plus One, I believe. Really? Yeah, or Google One. It's one of those. I only have half a million news. emails inside of uh, Gmail. Because I never delete anything because I feel it's like it's unlimited storage. Not anymore. That's yeah. why I stick yes. with the AOL. <laughs> Are you still on AOL? I'm still on AOL. Yeah, I'm still on AOL. Well, it's never been bad for me, so why change it? But you have to pay for AOL, right? No. I don't know. No. Okay. no, and you guys and your Gmail issues all the time. I'm like, what the heck? Well, I'm at John DeCause at ATrack.com. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ray, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing today? You have some phone advice for me? Yeah, I actually have the uh, Note 10 Plus. I love it. It's an awesome phone. Um, but if you sign into your Samsung account, it will automatically transfer everything, including your apps and home screen and everything. So it'll look exactly the same. So just sign into my Samsung account, put the phone down, and stop thinking about it. Yep, and it will do everything for you. Um, you don't need that smart switch deal that I uh, thought I had to use? No, I mean, you can use a smart switch, but if you do it through the Samsung, if you back up your Samsung stuff, uh-huh. it will back up all your files and your apps and your home screen and wherever you have your apps. It will do everything for you. Well, thanks for the tip, man. I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You. you know, he didn't ask for anything, uh, but give him one of Rokon's cars. Want <laughs> um, anything else? He wants a surprise list. Well, I could see you just going inside of the store and asking the sales consultant to help you transfer everything over. They don't yeah. do that anymore. They do for a fee. 
Oh, okay. Because yeah. they said go on the app and do oh, it yourself. I always do it for me. I'm a well. That's because they like you're you better. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a big proponent of bricks and mortar stores. Like I think it's important to go in and support these stores. But Verizon has done a thing now where uh, where Verizon uh, charges less for you to buy the phone online, and then you pick it up in store, or you can wait for it to be delivered to your house. Obviously. So I, I just there's a part of me that feels guilty about the fact that you're trying to run a brick and mortar store. You probably get a dollar for the thousand dollar phone I'm picking up from you, and you got to hire somebody. And I'm coming into your store going, "Hey, I ordered it online. Can I can I have it?" <laughs> <laughs> and I know everybody's doing it now. Target does a pickup, right? Best Buy started their pickup a long time ago. Walmart. I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of problems. I think you can clearly see. But new phone ain't going to be one of them, because I'm going to have a new phone today. Giant new phone. Yeah. Well, my man Ray there just didn't make it sound like it was a bad idea. Yeah, but Ray sounds like he's super technically savvy. You don't think I am? Oh No, I didn't say that. Mine's gasoline-powered. Is that old school? <laughs> it is uh, 7.50. We got some more help rolling in on the phone about a phone. Hey, Mike. Hey, uh, Steve, I can get you a vintage bag phone for $191. That's <laughs> so funny. We were just talking about this. I had the, I had the Motorola brick. You remember the brick? I can get you that for nine ninety nine on eBay. <laughs> because that thing, <laughs> with its giant stabby antenna that wasn't flexible at all yep. and it weighed two pounds, had the little tiny screen on it, <laughs> which sort of had like a digital readout, like a bad digital watch from the seventies. You remember that phone? Yeah, I do. How about a car phone in the car where it can only stay in the car? You remember that? <laughs> and then you do this. You couldn't wait to tell people, "Hey, uh, how you doing?" No, I'm in the car. Yeah, I'm in the uh, car. How, how many minutes you got left before <laughs> right. they start? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You had to pay for every minute. You left your driveway and you were roaming. How much did that cost you? The phone itself? Yes. The phone itself was probably 1500 bucks, and then the phone bill was probably two grand a month. Like, with inflation, what do you think that would cost you now? A million five. <laughs> uh, Mike, thanks for your very important help. I appreciate it. That Motorola was a weapon. I think it was the big brick phone that Zach Morris had in Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's what you had. That's it. Well, it's funny. Like, if you go back to the early days of cell phones, the movies are automatically ruined. They don't hold up at all. That's right. Because like if the stories, the story transfers or the story grows, it's great. But then you see like Bruce Willis in Die Hard with a brick phone next to his head <laughs> going, hello, hello. Yeah, and it's over. So uh, anyway, I'll keep you up to date with my very important phone issue uh, you know, as time goes on. Uh, in the meantime, I have uh, Kardashian news, if you'd like it. Kylie Jenner, uh, who is she the richest Kardashian? Is she the one that has the she makeup is. line? Mm-hmm. The youngest. And she's worth like a billion dollars, right? She is. Kylie Jenner, age 22, uh, had a video tour. This is the stuff that, when it goes viral, amazes me. And I know it's tied to the celebrity thing. But like Aunt Becky's daughter in this college scandal, she was a huge viral star. She was making a couple of million bucks a year. And and she could have stayed in that game if her parents weren't cheating to try to get her into college. But she had, uh, I don't know, a million followers, two million followers. And she would do stuff like, hi, guys. I know you've been wondering what type of eyeliner I'm using. All right, let me show you what I'm using now. Well, everyone's making fun of these influencers that say, because everyone's been asking, I know you've been wondering, um, you know, and no one's been asking. Right. And meantime, they're making a bazillion dollars. But the thing is, it works. 
Just because I think it's dopey doesn't mean that the eyeliner is not meant for me. So those people who love Aunt Becky's daughter, I forget her name, yeah. uh, were watching her. And Kylie Jenner uh, times 10. So she's doing a video tour of her office that went viral, and she went to wake up her one-year-old daughter. Uh, and I'll give you $1,000, Dave, if you can tell me the name of Kylie Jenner's daughter. Okay. Uh, that's right, Stormy. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> she turned on the light, and she sang Rise and Shine. Just a little uh, mom waking up the baby song. Rise and shine. You know, three seconds. She's now uh, trying to trademark the phrase rise and shine. Oh. <sighs> Come on. Well, you know, she made Forbes list of uh, the richest people. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was all of this controversy because they classified her as a self-made billionaire. And it was a huge issue as to whether she was truly self-made. And there was this entire debate about, um, you know, is she really somebody that can be classified as self-made? You know, it's definitely not a rags to riches story or a, because of her connections with her family and the fact sure. that she had so many multimillionaires already in her family and her mom is a momager, that type of. Well, I mean, Big Sister Kim's porn tape is really where all this started, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong about that, am I? Uh, yeah, I think that that is how she first became famous but then she was able to turn that the person i always think about is poor paris hilton <laughs> because right. she she, she did was the famous one right but she did this before the age of social media and influencers right. and she missed out on it too far ahead of the curve not that she's uh you know really to be pitied yeah the hilton hotel f- yeah the, y- you know. fortune that'll be okay yeah, exactly um, jk jk <laughs> but uh, uh speaking of jk justin kaufman gets very defensive when you talk to him about the kardashians Really? Yeah, very big fan, and he thinks they should get credit for developing this business, no matter how it started. Well, I mean... They, and by the way, in the big picture, yeah, sure. I mean, they've got to They made it legally. Be, they've got to definitely be business savvy. It's just, you know, what is the actual product that they're putting out there I just, and the message? I always found it interesting that your mom would find out you did a sex tape and think, this is the business break we've been needing. <laughs> It's a little odd, that's all. Uh, 7.55, news coming up at 8, and then uh, we have your more on entertainment. We've got more fact or fiction for prizes coming up as well. Uh, Steve Cochran Show, 720 WGN. Rise and shine. Uh, Steve Rosanich coming up from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. What time's the budget speech today, Steve? Uh, 10 o'clock this morning. <clears throat> and is the entire speech going to be, I don't know, we've got an advanced text on it. We're broke, thank you. Um, that's basically it. Uh, the the uh, mayor is going to have to uh, fill a what I think the estimate is about eight hundred and thirty eight million dollar budget gap. Um, we know some of the things that she'll propose in that, including uh, refinancing some old debt. She's got some new fees and taxes, that new tax on downtown ride shares. Uh, so there's some things that she's going to propose today to try to fill the hole. But uh, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of hole to fill. Are we getting closer to a commuter congestion tax where you got to pay to come into the city like they do in London and various places? Well, you know, they had been talking about that, and that may be one of the things that uh, the mayor talks about. Um, there are a couple of different taxes on transportation. One of them has just been billed as an existing ground transportation tax or building on an existing ground transportation tax. I think that probably has more to do with O'Hare Airport. Um, but there are a couple of things in the budget address that we'll be watching for to see if maybe something specifically is an, you know, an offshoot of that. What about spare change for Chicago? Spare change for Chicago, where everybody just clears their car out of spare change and they <laughs> drop it in a bucket, 
And I don't know who the... Co- you know, we can make they make the alderman collect. Yeah. We could do a GoFundMe page. Maybe a GoFundMe page would help. That's too high tech. I'm just thinking about it cleans your car and you're giving change to the city. And I don't people, think it'll help. People could be on street corners like they do for uh, those yeah. uh, other giveaways. Who drives on a right. How much spare change do you have in your car right now, Dave? Any idea? I, I have probably... I just cleaned it out, so I have like 50 cents. Oh, I probably got five or six bucks worth of change. Yeah. John? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably over 10. You think you're over 10? Yeah. Both Multiply that by every car. Yeah. Right? We, we need to do it quickly, though, because the holidays are coming up. We don't want to compete with the red kettle at all. No, you don't want to take money away from uh, legitimate charities. And by the way, if you come across an individual that's homeless and you pass them in the car, give them your spare change. But then tell the next guy behind you to double his. Right? Spare change for Chicago. I just invented it just seconds ago. <laughs> Has a ring to it, right? You going to copyright that? Um, I'm going to have Kylie Jenner. Yeah, uh, trademark it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, we'll be all set. Uh, what else is happening in show business? I don't know, but Dean does. He'll be coming up to uh, tell us about that in just a second as well. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is the number. Callers, texters, always welcome here. And the mayor's budget address happens this morning at ten a.m. Obviously, we'll have coverage. Ladies and gentlemen, Dean Richards joins us from Channel Nine. Citizens of the world, some of the world's greatest entertainers are here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you? And tonight, guess what? It's going to be Dean. Ten in the morning now. Dean is live at Channel Nine. Good morning, Dean. Yep, me too. Hello. How are you? Uh, except for uh, forgetting to turn the button on. Uh, fine. Okay. I found a clown that you find. I finally found a clown you don't like. Really? Because you love clowns. For those who are new listeners, oh, we should establish you love clowns. I love clowns. Started when you were just a boy and you were kidnapped by Bozo. <laughs> um, but uh, you love growing up in the great clown city where uh, Bozo and uh, Mr. Wizzo and and Mr. Wizzo's friend Chuck. Uh, they all. Have you been Wizzo the Wizard and Cookie the Clown? That's what I mean. Sandy the Tramp. Yes, all of those. But I you know some tramps, don't you? Oh, please. How much time you got? Joey the Clown Lombardo, oh. the mob guy, died yesterday at 90. So I think I finally found a clown you don't like. I know. I like him, too. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very colorful. Yeah, not going to discriminate when it comes to the clowns. I remember uh, that one time that he pulled a seltzer bottle out of his uh, violin case. <laughs> right before he off the guy? <laughs> <laughs> turns out turns out it just shot confetti uh you might be wondering why i jumped into the clown thing right away because in my afternoon nap stupor i saw the greatest mary tyler moore from the 70s episode oh, ever chuckles Classic. the clown chuckles the clown it's one of the greatest episodes of tv television period. sitcom period yeah chuckles the clown dies it's the funeral and they all can't stop laughing and she's given the eulogy, right? Uh, I don't remember if she gave the eulogy because I was in and out of consciousness. But the eulogy, the piece of the eulogy that did him in was, I all remember when Chuckles used to say, <laughs> a little song, a little dance, a little seltzer down, down your, your pants. pants yeah. <laughs> that was the best. Fantastic. She was the only one because they all made fun of it in the office. They all oh, and then to hear and it they were laughing, show. and she was yeah. furious. Like, how could you do this? He just died. Yes. Right. 
And that's so you know they ask her to say a few words, and she starts. She can't. It gets like that uncontrollable laughter that they, people sometimes get. Never during this show, but and they even they even they even go an extra step because they even they say, "Look, Mary, just let it out. Just let it right, out." Right, And right. then she starts crying. She's gone. <laughs> so By the way, John, John's father's um, memorial service or funeral last memorial summer? service. Yeah, memorial service last summer. I thought we would be in trouble because yes. you, me. Um, yeah. I think Tim Benker, yep, Toomey, and Mike Toomey were yeah. standing in the back of the room, yucking it up. Yep, and oh, out of, you know, just peripherally, suddenly I see some folks looking at us like, I know oh, you are so out of line. Oh, it was bad. So I thought we were going to. I thought honestly, I thought we were going to get thrown out of your father's funeral, <laughs> which would have been really awkward for you. For me, yes. Was it just yes. like during the visitation or during a, like a eulogy? More or? of a wakeish no, thing. Yeah, it was just a, an hour awake, quick thing. So yeah. yes, but we had people looking at us like, why are they laughing? Yeah, right. Comedians. Yep. Immature children. Crazy. Uh, you're going back to uh, L.A. end of the week. What's that trip about? Um, I am. Uh, I'm going to see the uh, the Netflix movie, The Irishman. All right. Now, I've heard a number of things about this. I was fascinated a couple of days ago, and I guess it was CBS Sunday Morning, to see the director, the Pacino, and De Niro all yep. sitting down together. That's right. I mean, that's pretty crazy. I was busy on Sunday morning, so I didn't see that. (laughs) I always have your show on in the background. But I didn't realize this. I love when people say that to me. Hey, did you see CBS Sunday morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really. No, not so much. Uh, How do you think it is when I get Monday through Friday Today Show quotes? I know. I know, yeah. Uh, but uh, it looks tremendous. Everybody's saying I, I'll see it uh, actually tomorrow night in uh, in L.A. Actually, here's here's my agenda for uh, tomorrow. I'll be um, uh, I fly to L.A. after I do the uh, little TV morning show here. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I go on the red carpet for the premiere in Los Angeles at the Chinese Theater, and that's where I'll talk with Pacino, Pesci, uh, Scorsese. Um, Interestingly, it, you know all, all these legendary film figures, and I'm told Ray Romano is uh, going to also be there. I think he's actually in the movie now that I, now that I think of it. At first, I thought, well, that's weird to have an everybody loves Raymond guy with all these you know famous uh, actors. Uh, but I, now that I think of it, I believe he is also uh, in the film. So that now, now I'm saying that it does make sense. But anyway, I'm going to talk to all these guys on the red carpet. Uh, then I'm going to see the movie. It's three and a half hours long, by the way. Wow. Come on. Three and a half hours. I can't go then. Because three and a half hours is ten peas. (laughs) It's, uh, is that like uh, one pea per 30 minutes? No, we're using, they're using American money. (laughs) Don't even, I don't even. What is it? How many peas in the metric system? (laughs) Three and a half hours is ridiculous. How many peas Celsius is what I want to (laughs) know. Can I come back and see the rest of it another weekend? It's it's going to be on uh, Netflix, so you can, oh. you can oh. stop and pee, which would, by the way, would be a great name for a grocery store. By the way, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can you can stop and go make a sandwich, do whatever you want, come back, you know, make it a whole weekend. Yeah, I'm going to stop and pee. You need anything? <laughs> by the way, you know Pacino's seventy nine years old now. I do know that. Wow. No end in sight. I think De Niro's 75, 6, 7. Is Pesci in the movie, Dean? Yeah. What was the last time he did something? It's been a while, hasn't yeah. it? Dude, where's my car? It was the last movie he did wow. was Dude, where's my car? Yeah. Um, how old's De Niro? Mm, I have to look it up. I'm going to guess 75-ish. 
I mean, these are the guys. Yeah. You know? So I'm going to get 76. all the, I'm going to get all those guys on the red carpet. Oh, they're going to be just, they're angry. They're old guys. They're just going to be angry with so you. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect match. Um, and then the next day, uh, a sit-down one-on-one with De Niro. The other, interestingly, the others are not doing sit-down one-on-one interviews. Only De Niro is. Pacino's a much easier interview, don't you think? Um, yes. De Niro, it's it's a uh, you have to sometimes pull answers yeah. out of. Uh, De Niro. He's a nice guy. I've actually had very nice uh, interviews with him. Yeah, but, I agree. But it's but not it's, it's not, not an easy, easy conversation. No. Did I ever tell you my De Niro story? Mm. I, and I apologize to interrupt, but the uh, so we did the original Meet the Parents here in Chicago. Oh yeah, and then uh, the writer Greg Liena had them uh, actually watch the original. So Robert De Niro watched me. Ah, oh, how great <laughs> is that? How great is that? That's cool. No, it's ridiculous. I apologize, Dean. Sorry. Uh, here's a Pacino story that's not mine. A friend of mine lived in uh, in L.A. and uh, in this the, the, this building, there was this guy that had like the whole top floor. And nobody really knew what he did. An old guy, like super old, like two hundred. And uh, she gets in the elevator one day, and she has to sense somebody standing behind her that she hadn't noticed. She turns around because Pacino's tiny, and it's Pacino. And he looks at her and chokes him. He goes, good morning. And he was going to see his acting coach. His acting coach for forever lived at the top floor of this building. Um, but he looked at her and, you know, awkward elevator conversations. He just he had a white bag with him. And he just goes, would you like a donut? <laughs> so she had El Pacino offer her a donut. That's a big move. These are all these are all char- real characters, right? Uh, De Niro is seventy six, by the way. Yeah, <clears throat> and looks great. Here is what I plan on doing: if the interview starts to go south, I am just going to say, "So, what do you think of the president?" <laughs> <laughs> that should light him up. Yeah, uh, we'll come back and uh, have Dean uh, run through very important stories about E.T. Travolta, uh, Nicki Minaj. Uh, Kanye West, Kim Kardashian. They're all going to be on the red carpet, too, by the way. And he's got a honey of a deal. Stand by. You'll be calling his name. Oh, 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 oh. Dean Richard, the entertainment editor. Channel 9, Back to Dean. Kanye West had a little birthday surprise for Kim Kardashian. Kim uh, celebrated her birthday uh, two days ago. How old is she? Um, you know, I didn't uh, look look at that because... You know, How old are her parts? Uh, St- uh, Steve, uh, age doesn't matter to me. Mm. <laughs> Kardashians are ageless. Actually, wait a minute. Let me rephrase that. The Kardashians don't matter to me. <laughs> That's it. You just added an extra word. She is uh, obviously born in 19... Oh, 1980. 37. So, so, yeah. Eight, nine. 39. 39 39 years old. I like a 37. (laughs) Uh, At first, uh, the rumor is that uh, Kanye was going to get her an Applebee's gift card, you know, which is a very nice. (laughs) It's a nice. I mean, it's it's a thought that comes. It's a very nice gift. Instead, he makes a million dollar donation to uh, her favorite prison reform charities. Now, does anything say happy birthday more than that? He's here going, oh. That's nice, and then walking away. She, no, she no, was it's very a big happy. deal to her. It's yeah, a big she, deal to her. That was a, she. She uh, liked that very much. There are three organizations that work on exonerating people who are falsely yeah. accused. She's been very involved in those. So Kanye uh, dropped a million bucks to those charities. 
in her wife's name, which is also nice. But wait, there was more. They also had a lovely dinner at her favorite Armenian restaurant. And then uh, afterwards, they pulled up a beignet truck and a churro stand to their mansion outside. And the whole family uh, enjoyed Kim Kardashian's birthday. I I wonder if that'll be on the show. I think Kanye's (laughs) trying to get a little lucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rise and shine. Thank you. <clears throat> Nicki Minaj got married. Did they have the ceremony in her cleavage? Uh, they, didn't, they did not. They had the reception in the cleavage. Ah. You wouldn't have the wedding there. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're ridiculous. I'm so classless. <laughs> they uh, actually have not had a big oh. formal wedding yet. She's uh, working on a new album right now, but she said as soon as that's over, they're going to have a big ceremony. She's been dating uh, this guy, Kenneth Petty, for about a year and a half now. So, uh, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Minaj. So, she broke up with uh, Charles Schumer, the senator. <laughs> got nothing. <laughs> I was trying to find a reference. I got nothing. It's good, though. Never start a sentence before you have the punchline. Yeah, that was good. Uh, an E.T. star was arrested. Uh, the, remember the kid that played uh, Elliot? Elliot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elliot. The, the little kid, uh, his name is Henry Thomas. He's now 48 years old. Uh, he got arrested in Oregon. Uh, police got a call about a suspicious vehicle. They found the vehicle. His bike? Was he riding his bike super he fast? He was not riding his bike this time. It was an actual automobile. Found him passed out behind the wheel. Turns mm. out uh, they allege he was intoxicated. So he was uh, charged with a misdemeanor DUI. Uh, Travolta, Olivia Newton-John reunion. Dean has those details on TV, but let's go to the honey of a deal. Steve, we love our real estate listings. <laughs> As you know, this is my side. Really, this is becoming more of a full-time gig for sure. me, uh, handling celebrity real estate. Right. And uh, Michael Jordan has a couple of listings right now. You remember Michael Jordan? He's still trying to sell his Lake Forest house. He is still trying to sell that home. Uh, he has uh, reduced the price on that home now. Uh, That's good is, news for me. It's down to $9.7 million. It's mm. actually in uh, Highland Park, actually. Oh, okay. Highland Park, but $9.7 million. It's uh, gorgeous. You get that gate right on the front with the big number 23 on it. Right. Uh, that's got to be worth uh, $9.5 million just by itself. All right. So here's the deal. As you know, I always carry cash. Oh, wait. Well, no, wait. Before you make the offer, though, he's also trying to sell his Park City, Utah home at the same time. How much is that one? This is a 10,000-square-foot mountain getaway. He paid $7.9 million for it. He will let it go for seven point. Five million dollars. That's a bargain. You know, for commute purposes, I think the Chicago home is going to be better for me. Uh, in the meantime, I have one hundred and eighty-four dollars in cash, Dave. Wow. I have twelve dollars today. One ninety-six. G. Forty-two dollars. Wow. Somebody paid me for their part of dinner. Two hundred and thirty-eight dollars, John. Uh, one sixteen. Two thirty-eight. One sixteen. Carry the five. That's uh, two. Uh, three hundred and fifty-four dollars. Now I'm going to put the the bid in, but uh, just for you potential uh, thieves out there, three hundred three East Wacker Drive. That's where all these high rollers will <laughs> be leaving the building around ten o'clock today. <laughs> three hundred and fifty-four bucks. All right. So there you go. Let us know how that goes. And as always, that's straight cash, homie. Bye bye. All right. We're back with the headlines next. All right, it's I-39. John DeCosta's here. John, last year did a benefit. The last couple years, right? No, it was last year. Last year was my first year with them. This is their, their 30th was last year. This is their 31st. And they are? 
They are Lee Linklater from uh, Assisi Foundation. And Christy, I don't know your last name, and I apologize. Goldberg. Goldberg. Very good. And you guys brought in props, because those can't-be-real dogs are too cute to be real. <laughs> What's not to love? They're very, very cute. A couple of 10-week-old puppies. Oh. Super Joe, are we picking that up on a stream? Do we need to move them somewhere, or can they see the doggies? Yeah, they're uh, they're on the stream there. Yep. Okay. All right. So, uh, Lee, tell me about that that little that dude there. All right. This is a little pair, brother and sister. It's Napoleon and Josephine. <laughs> <laughs> That's They're tremendous. Great. That's tremendous. They're recent arrivals. They've had their first doctor's visit, and we thought they were just too cute not to bring out and show them off today. <laughs> they seem very mellow. They are mellow. They slept all the way out, and they didn't even snore. How about that? That's pretty good. That's very impressive. And uh, you said they're 10 weeks old? Yep. And adoptable? Adoptable eventually. By law, you know, in Illinois, nothing can leave a shelter, et cetera, without having been spayed, neutered, thank heaven. So they're not quite old enough for that little procedure. I I was three days old and I was adopted. I don't remember being spayed or neutered. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Explain that. Is that true? Yes, yes, yes. So you, they can't leave the shelter without being spayed or neutered? They are supposed to be spayed or neutered, yes, or there has to be a medical reason with a veterinarian signing off oh, saying that that okay. will be taken Well, that's care. good for everybody. Yes, it is. We're trying to control this overpopulation situation. So the CC Animal Foundation started when? In 1988, we opened the door of the first no-kill shelter that we built there. Do you believe and it's been 31 been years? We've been doing it for a long time before that. And even before we uh, opened the door on the shelter, which was being finished, we had started the first organized program of um, animal-assisted therapy. So we've been doing that since Oh, so you were the leaders. You were ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, well, it was new. It was okay. very new. It had begun on the West Coast. It wasn't our idea, but it was a darn good one, and we're still doing it. Are we talking about comfort animals for people? Yes. That, okay. We go to nursing facilities, assisted living, that sort of thing. What, what animals are best for that? Dogs and cats. Yeah. Not cats. horses. Not for us, but they are used. The mini horses. Min- miniature used. horses, yeah. yeah. There was one on an American Airlines plane that caused quite a stir. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, as I said, John, to you, I believe if you uh, need that, I certainly sympathize with you. It's great, but maybe ride the horse <laughs> maybe instead ride of the taking the plane. Instead of getting on the plane. That's yeah. a good point. That's another way to be point, close yes. to it. Now, you <laughs> have a big good. benefit coming up. Yes, we do. But so, John, are you available? Uh, we already, actually, this is, I did it last year, yep. and I had so much fun, and they were, it was just a great night. I w- I'm out of town this year, but Mike Toomey, our good friend Mike Toomey from WGN-TV, will be in my place uh, doing the funny. So, yep. uh, well, it's going to be funnier than Toomey. That's a pretty God, good trade. That's the best. That's a, that's a trade up. Mike is phenomenal. And when so. will that be? That will be Saturday, November 2nd. It's just around the corner. That's yeah, so a couple of weeks away. It's a wonderful evening, dinner, dancing, entertainment with Mike. Yeah, and Lee, you want to give away another pair of tickets. Now, we've had this talk before. You're giving away tickets to a benefit. We need to raise all the money we can. So here's the deal. I'll give these tickets away, but only if the person that calls buys two more. Okay? Deal. All right, so you can have two, bring your best friends, but they have to. you have to buy two more. You know, and if you average that out, the cost of those tickets are four, 44 cents apiece. So it's a great deal. <laughs> it's a great deal. Now, if you want to get tickets, what do you do? You call us, please, at 815-455-9411. That's the Assisi Animal Foundation in Crystal Lake, 815 
9411. All right, and the event again coming up in just... And this one will answer the phone. <laughs> um, this one would be the little chihuahua-ish dog. That would mean Napoleon. All right, so yeah. here's the number for us, 312-981-7200. If you can go on November 2nd to this fabulous event at the Crystal Lake Country Club, uh, you will help this fabulous shelter uh, continue the great work they do, the Assisi Animal Foundation. But again, you got to buy two tickets along with the two I give you for free. So the four you're going, okay? 312-981-7200. And John, what else would you like to say about this fine event? You know, we went there last year. We went to the actual, uh, I guess, where you live, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Christy Vicari, our photographer, came. We took some photos. And uh, it was so much fun. It was just, you take such good care of them. What a great place to go and and, and rescue or adopt a dog. Thank because you. it's just, a, the atmosphere was wonderful. And and the, they were so adorable. It was hard for me not to not to leave with one, but we at the time we had two, so you we know, had couldn't to drag do him out kicking and screaming. Yeah. It was usual. rough. Well, what you don't know is John and Jackie lost Chelsea this year, and Chelsea was you know a big part of your family, obviously. No question. Yeah. No one will ever replace Chelsea, but you are, as we say in the business, one dog down. Well, we we uh, got Madison. Uh, we adopted her in March. And that was uh, to, we always wanted two. So we had three for a little while. Three for a little while. But actually, uh, Lee was the one who turned me on to having that taken care of at home, which was a huge, yeah. huge difference for us. I didn't even know they did that. Yeah, and it yes. it was a wonderful, it really was. Being able was. to say goodbye to your family. For yeah. She, uh, we, you know, I put Chelsea on the bed. It was a great way to say goodbye. It was so so much better for her. So much better for her. For and uh, yeah, for everyone. That's true. And uh, but that function last year was so much fun. That was, and that's at the Crystal Lake Country Club. Still, Crystal yes. Lake Country Club. Cocktails, right? dinner, dancing, entertainment, and an auction too. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You can't really have any of the pets there that night, I guess, can you? No. The only time we've had a pet there was right after nine eleven. Okay. When we turned the entire event around to salute the people who were the first responders. First responders, sure. And a couple of them were from Illinois, and they brought their service dog with them, and even though they were not allowed, dogs were not allowed in the club, this dog was uh, dining with us, and the chef hand carved roast beef for the dog. <laughs> it's a pretty good day to be a dog. That is. Three one two ninety one seventy two hundred. Again, uh, I'll give you a pair of tickets to this uh, if you can make it. And it's November second, but you got to buy two more. And for everybody that wants tickets, where do they go again? Again, eight one five four five five nine four one one. Thank okay. you. Absolutely. And uh, John, last word to you. No, listen. I'm just good luck this year. It's thirty one, and I want to hear. I want thirty one more. So this is excellent. Great. So we keep this going because it's this is really a great. Yeah, cause. yeah. I mean, you really are. Listen, you're you're really a good person, and and as a good person, not just doing this, but you got a good soul and a good heart, and you mean well every day. And we need more of you. So thank you thank for you. the work you do. Thank you. Now, the next time you bring somebody in, tell her to pipe down a little. She was awfully talking. <laughs> Poor Kristen. <laughs> what? No. Ryan uh, will be over at uh, City Hall uh, for the budget address. He's uh, headed in that direction. So uh, stay with WGN News. And we will give you all the information you need to know about that. And, Steve, by the way, I'll interject here that uh, we will stream the budget address live on our website at WGNRadio.com. Uh, did you do you get a pre copy of the text or not so much? Uh, not so much. No, we get um, uh, people saying what um, from the mayor's office um, sources telling us what we expect to see in it, but not a ver- verbatim text. 
Uh, and uh, what we expect to see is we're broke. It's just a question of how the money is going to be made up. Is she going to make suggestions today or talk about things that are definitely going into play? She is going to be making, uh, the, she's going to be outlining some plans, actually. So she's one of the things she's going to do is propose, and this is a, could be a big one, is refinancing existing city debt. Um, that could uh, consolidate some money there. Um, there are going to be new and higher taxes and fees from city vendors. Those people who do business with the city are going to have to pay a little bit more. Um, and 3,000 jobs, city jobs are going to be eliminated. These are jobs that have been vacant, but kept on the books, and so that's going to be quite a bit uh, there. She's also going to be talking a little bit about taxing ride shares um, and uh, how perhaps to work with Springfield on fixing the casino problems to, to get a casino in the city, and also about uh, how recreational marijuana money will be spent once that comes into play. I, I never have a lot of patience for people who go, well, if you don't like it, don't live there. But it is going to get to a point where if people can leave, they're going to leave if it becomes way more expensive to live in the city. And it's already expensive to live here. It is already expensive. I think I was telling you maybe privately that, uh, you know, my property taxes, I live here in the city, my property taxes go up considerably every year. Um, and it's going to get to a point where I won't be able to afford that anymore either. And I know there are some other folks, especially people who are on fixed incomes, who have been dealing with that. You either have to move out of the neighborhood you're in or move uh, to a cheaper neighborhood. Or in some cases, and I have a couple of people that I know that are already making plans to move, one of them to Indiana next year. I don't know what the mayor can do that doesn't hurt when you're almost a billion dollars in debt. you got to give more. But I certainly understand the people in the city going, are you kidding me? The reason we're almost a billion dollars in debt is because you people at City Hall and in Springfield have screwed this thing up so badly. So it's the price of living in Chicago or New York or any major city. And this is the greatest big city in the world. I I just think it's unfortunate that it has to go to this, but there's no other answer. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw this report. It was on the Channel 9 News last night. They had a uh, Nobel-winning um, economist talk about how much uh, from Illinois, just as Illinois' pension problems, the debt that we have in Illinois, it would uh, take a, each of us paying $30,000 to pay that off. It's just insane. Yeah, it and is. by the way... Bipartisan problem. Republicans and Democrats have both screwed this up. Uh, There were some teachers downstairs picketing earlier. I know they've moved on to picket in other places. Um, What do we know of... uh um, you know, uh, the the march that's going to go on. When is that happening? It's happening right now. The uh, teachers who were downstairs outside of our building, there were three, apparently three meeting places where the teachers were going in three different locations to meet at those, to gather at those places, and then march to City Hall. And that's what they're doing right now. Mary probably had, knows more about where they're seeing those, but I've been seeing on social media and some other videos that have been posted already. Uh, streets have been blocked off. Traffic has come to a standstill in many areas as these teachers make their way over to city hall uh, is there another way this could have been done mary vandeville without screwing up traffic well I, I don't know they're not blocking things for very long like they were here just here at michigan and columbus i would say 10 15 minutes that was it and now you know they're marching to, to randolph michigan and randolph jackson and Wacker, also franklin and van buren before they get to city hall so i think they're doing it kind of um in a good way you know just slowly but surely so they don't have to block traffic for longer than maybe 10 15 minutes so, uh, out of this day, the news coverage that happens tonight will be largely about the city budget and whether or not there'll be school tomorrow. We already know, I think, Steve, right? There won't be any school tomorrow, regardless of what happens today. Uh, Friday, we don't know yet. So, what comes of this march? 
Well, I think the march, um, if anything, it puts more pressure on, you know, there may be people, as we talked about earlier, in the crowds of people waiting to get to their jobs because of these teachers marching who may feel, you know, uh, they may feel like they need to pick up the phone and say, hey, let's settle this. And whether that call goes to City Hall or to the teachers union or both, that's the kind of pressure that would come to play on leaders to get something solved. Um, I, I think one of the aspects that we will see in, a, in coverage later today is just how serious the city's money problems are. I think the mayor can use this address today to, I mean, when you say see $838 million budget gap for next year alone, uh, that in itself is huge. But I think the mayor can articulate today just how bad the money problems are, and that won't be good for teachers. Lori Lightfoot's an extremely intelligent woman. Do you think she knew what she was getting into when she said, I want to be mayor? I I I have to think she did. Um, you know, the, these things, these issues were present during the campaign. Anybody running for mayor would have had to know that these were going to be there. I don't know that she knew that this budget situation was as, as bad as it was, because it feels like over the last six months that that has become worse. Ken's on the south side. Ken, what do you want to say about the teacher strike? I just want to say, you know, as an officer, we didn't have an opportunity to strike. We had to still go to work without contracts. And all I'm saying is I know they're trying to get their point across, but what I want them to understand is we're messing our children's education up because they don't have the opportunity to get the scholarships that they want. And you got seniors trying to lose out. Why don't if they say they care about our children? Why are they not saying half of y'all go there so our children can get these well, educations? Well, listen, I, I, I think you make a very valid point. I appreciate it. I appreciate your passion about it because the point has been made. The issues have been laid out. How about you go back to work while the strike is settled? And I know the argument's going to be we have no leverage if we do that, but what do the cops and the firemen have to do? Just a thought. Hey, Ma, can we get some meatloaf? Hello, neighborinos. We need two big pizzas, man. Everything on them. Hello, neighbor. Nobody nothing in my neighborhood. Hey, mom, the meatloaf. We want it now. The meatloaf. This is the Steve Cochran Show on 720 WGN. Uh, it is time now for G to do her thing, which she does every Wednesday, which that is Neighborhood Eats. And, um, you know, we have an apprentice on Moron Entertainment. It's John. Yes. John knows food. He could be your apprentice on Neighborhood Eats. Well, I think he has <laughs> far exceeded apprentice status uh, okay. in terms of Neighborhood Eats. I really enjoy when he's here on Wednesdays because he, I love his two cents. He's quite the... Uh, uh, you enjoy dining. We do. My wife I, and I, I do. love that. Um, so this week it is Rue Chicago, R O O H Chicago, um, on Restaurant Row, Randolph Street, in the West Loop. That's expensive. You know what? I it's- don't mean the restaurant. I mean the rent. Oh yes, the real estate. There. The rent is. I mean, you know, expensive. you're not going to have people just coming in there for ten minutes. These are people mm-hmm. that are coming in to be a part of that. They want to be a fixture. And things are chic there. It's hip. It's happening, um, and there hasn't been an Indian restaurant uh, recently, and uh, Rue Chicago is sort of setting the standard. It's authentic, Good. it's traditional flavors, but it's elevated. It'd be great uh, if we had somebody from Rue in with us. We do what? have somebody. Yes, we have the <laughs> owner, Manish Malik, is with us. Hi, Manish. Hey, good morning. Nice to see you. Okay. Congratulations. So just, Thank you I, so much. When I was telling Steve about this during the commercial break, he's like, what do you mean by progressive? Do you mean politics? I'm like, no. So I'm going to have you describe that, if you yeah, don't what mind. What is progressive Indian? 
uh, it's basically using the the traditional flavors uh-huh. uh, of you know Indian spices that have uh, evolved over thousands of years. Sure, uh, but uh, integrating them with uh, modern gastronomic uh, techniques. Fusion? Um, no, not uh, fusion. We are not fusion. We are you know traditional Indian uh, from a, a spices uh, standpoint, but progressive uh, from uh, using modern ingredients, different ingredients that are unique to Indian food, like avocado yeah. uh, or tuna in our street uh, food, a very popular street food enjoyed by billions every day. Okay, uh, uh, pronounced uh, pale. Um, so we use tuna, and that's unheard of, and uh, guests are loving it. So it's like a lot of modern t- uh, cooking techniques, a very refined approach, a modern approach. Yes. And then they also source local ingredients as well. And the cool thing about this is I want Manish to explain how he got involved. And you are a Chicagoan. How long have you been in Chicago? Uh, more than a decade, about 11 years now. And how did you come upon Rue and why did you want to bring Rue to Chicago? Uh, great question. You know, I uh, came to the country back in 95. Uh, landed in Ohio, um, uh, went to school there, uh, but you know heard about Devon Street in Chicago, which was uh, a very popular place back then to go and uh, feel at home and enjoy mm-hmm. Indian cooking and so forth. Um, so we would drive down, and you know, it was like an event on a weekend. Uh, finish our schoolwork, come here, enjoy a meal, and literally drive back uh, twelve hours. So you weren't a restaurant guy then. I wasn't. Okay. I, I was, uh, I did an MBA in finance. The I, corporate world. Yes. <laughs> Spent 20 years in the IT world, uh, but uh, stumbled upon this concept in San Francisco and met uh, Executive Chef and was literally blown away. Uh, well, that's the thing, right, about a chef. you got to find a chef that can pull this off. Absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, this is um, a once-in-a-lifetime thing, uh, and when you see it, uh, you, you just, you know, get drawn to it but this was nothing like you had ever experienced on devon street no absolutely not uh you know devon is all about buffets and traditional food uh and uh, based on whatever i saw over the last 20 years Mm -hmm. you know there's no professional uh focus on uh cooking indian food Uh, what i mean by that is you know the talent uh there's no uh, culinary and, experiences. And the Rue that he experienced and what Rue showcases is India today. So if you travel to major cities in India today, Absolutely. it is progressive, it is modern. Yep. There is a rise of India right Are now. Are we talking about the big cities, Mumbai and, and, yes, that, and the Bhopal big, and various places? Metros, yes. Yeah. And, you know, in fact, we have... Uh, uh, Michelin star chefs coming to India and setting up shops or, or pop-ups and collaborating. Uh, and uh, Where'd you, know, you find your chef? Uh, I mean, I know he's sitting to your left, but where'd you find him? <laughs> well, actually, this is a chef de cuisine, uh, Sahil Seti, who is uh, second in command um, of... Oh, that's true. You don't want to say you're the head guy. Chefs are crazy. Well, he is. He is technically the head guy. Um, But uh, executive chef uh, Sujan Sarkar is actually traveling today. But um, Sahil, if you want to describe some of the the food that you have uh, there, that would be amazing. Yeah, so basically it's it's a journey to India. So we have taken inspiration from different parts of India. It's not just limited to North Cuisine or the cuisine from south of the Indian, Indian chapter. But again, where we find inspiration from could be North, South, East or West is to bring down that flavors and in- inculcate that into our cuisine is also experiencing something which Midwest Produce has to offer. So everywhere we open restaurant, which have Sujan is basically bringing our Indian innovative ideas and using the local produce from that particular region where the restaurant is located at. So, And where did you learn your craft? 
me i've i've learned all from all over the india and plus i've done my stages with noma in copenhagen noma which, which is like the best one of the best, best restaurants, restaurants in, the world. in the world yeah. yeah and i love talking to your chefs about this what's your favorite thing on the menu on my menu yeah. is going to be the tuna bell that we're presenting today because it's an amalgamation of something which is raw it's like a ceviche and then we amalgamate that with the indian cuisine as well so something which is unheard of uh, in indian cuisine and beef short rib I'm not a beef really? lover. Yeah, but again, wow. when it comes to eating something like a beef short rib, why not? Because it's paired with a Madras curry. So flavors of India, of course, paired with the beef that is, again, of a high-quality grade, which is from U.S. So we, we are literally breaking myths and perceptions, you know. Well, also, uh, it sounds like you're innovating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so but this isn't the stereotype buffet with all. like really like the spices aren't overpowering to the point where you can't no. taste the actual uh, star of the of the dish right uh, absolutely because the, you the want to enjoy the dish not smell like the dish for the rest of the day exactly yeah, 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 yeah. and and you want to enjoy the flavors not get overwhelmed by it mm-hmm. like you know hot food i mean indian food doesn't have to make you sweat mm-hmm. the spices don't have to make you sweat the spices need to en- enhance the flavor yeah. you need to feel it and the cool thing manish said is like this is like if you go to india today and if you're in the city this is you're going to experience something similar to what uh, rue is doing absolutely. it's not and devon is still we love devon and we love that kind of traditional yes, old school style absolutely. but it's kind of something that you would have experienced 20 years ago exactly. yeah. we haven't evolved yeah you know and here's the thing so i'm looking at the menu Okay, um, a couple of things. I was uh, first of all price. These are more than reasonable. I was at a uh, my wife and I went to a uh, what do you call it? a franchise steak place from down under. I won't say the name, um, <laughs> and the prices were even more than you have. And also, I'm ready to order. So can we take that? <laughs> the roasted butternut squash. I'm telling you right now, I want that and the whole sea bass. Uh, the bass, the sea bass. That's my. Favorite. Come on, it's delicious. That's I would go any place for sea bass. Yeah, it's it delicious. It's outstanding. And just a quick mention, they do have a special coming up for Diwali. If you can yes. quickly explain what Diwali is, Diwali is a festival of lights, the victory of good over evil, celebrated by billions uh, in India and around the world. So and fast know, becoming an international holiday. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, and it's just a celebration of life, you know. Um, and we have a tasting menu, uh, eighty-five dollars, including gratuity and taxes. Wow. Uh, it's four course, and uh, you know we have a one-day special menu created, curated by executive chef uh, Sujin Sarkar and uh, Chef Dekusin Sahil. So it's gonna, you know, it's tickets are going uh, fast. And, and uh, you mentioned this off the air, but I think it's worth mentioning too, even though we're long here. And that is that even with the explosion of the Indian population in the greater Chicago area, this is not a restaurant just for natives. This Uh, is is for everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, we see it every day. I'm there every day. And uh, it, uh, you know, really is thrilling to see the reception we've gotten from the community. Yeah, you know, by the way, coming from IT, I don't know if you know this. Your first restaurant's not supposed to work. I, I know. It's supposed to, it's you supposed know, to be I've, a flop. I've uh, invested in a lot of derivative instruments, and I yeah. know how risky they are. Yeah. This is right up there. How you know? about that? <laughs> but I guess uh, all, all that uh, trading has helped me build up my Well, congrats uh, risk. on the success. <laughs> and so where much. do we read about it? Oh, on the Sun-Times website and WGN uh, Radio's website as well. WGNRadio.com. Yep, and uh, you can get reservations at RueChicago.com. Spell Rue. R-O-O-H, Chicago.com. Yes. Thank you both, gentlemen.
Thanks Thank so much. And congrats on the success. Yeah. Thank you very much. And we'll come over, and John will attack you for your seabass. We look forward Please. to it. Okay. <laughs> I also want to order two uh, Panier chili rolls. Okay, we're still on the air, John. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back in a moment on 720 WGM. Were we talking about this on the air or off the air? We're talking about on the air about David Ross. Yeah. When the mics are out, is that yeah. on the air or off the air? Sometimes it's both. Okay. Um, we're going to play Fact or Fiction at 312-981-7200. If you want to get in quickly, play a little Fact or Fiction. I suggest you do it right now. 312-981-7200. And uh, get on hold. We'll get to you next. When will we hear about the Cubs managerial announcement of David Ross well, nor- if they're trying to pretend as an official? Normally, baseball uh, frowns on announcements, significant announcements, during the World Series, on, or at least on the day of a game. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, indications based on what we're hearing uh there could be something tomorrow which is an off day in the world series all right so sometime tomorrow they'll make it official what we know today that david ross will be david ross apparently going to be the guy yeah Hmm. it's interesting yeah and and not surprising because he was the favorite going in yeah and he was the pre-race favorite yeah i still don't understand why it's not girardi other than the fact that girardi has some pretty strong ideas about how to manage and wants control of the club and maybe maybe the guys on top don't jed and uh and who's the other guy that won the World Series a couple times? Uh, the Theo guy. Yeah. yeah. I. You know what? I mean, I. I think Joe Girardi would have been a great choice. I, I think they had uh, this guy Joe Espada with Houston was very highly regarded and apparently a strong contender. I think they had some other good. They had a good list, but I do think that. Uh, you know, it's a. It, this is the trend. Guys who haven't managed, but putting them in charge of a dugout, and there, there have been some results that have been pretty good with it. So, you know, I as you know, I played football at the highest level I of state New York, yep. and uh, I have been where named, I have Lo- been named you mean <laughs> longitude or latitude latitude. Okay, I have been named the new coach of the Chicago Bears. I don't want to announce it yet, but <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's guys that have never coached. Yeah, but sometimes you need that fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. I certainly have the wardrobe. Uh, we got a bunch of people lining up to play Fact or Fiction. We also have Ryan Burrow standing by. So, I don't. Ryan, are you with me? Yeah, I'm, here. I'm right here. I don't know if you guys can hear me. Okay. Can hear you just fine. Tell us what's going on at City Hall. So we are marching right now. Well, I should say the uh, the teachers are marching. We're kind of in the media off to the side. Uh, we're heading westbound right now towards City Hall. These are literally thousands of teachers. They walk right underneath our building. That's kind of their gathering place. And uh, they plan to make some disruption uh, in downtown Chicago during the rush hour times. And, of course, ahead of Mayor Lightfoot's uh, budget speech, that's supposed to happen at about 10 o'clock. So uh, the, the hope is for them uh, that you will be able to hear their voices uh, through those windows, through those walls, while the mayor tries to deliver her speech. All right, so you will have this as it progresses and update us as time allows. Please uh, please stay safe out there and pretend you're a teacher if anything gets rough. <laughs> yeah, it's getting pretty rough. I see a tuba. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you know there's trouble. That's right. He's out there. the tubas. All right, a couple of quick fact or fictions before we have to break here. At 926, her name, uh, his name, sorry, is Carrie in Stockton. Uh, Carrie, are you ready to play? Sure. All right. So, fact or fiction, John. There you go, Carrie. Uh, Madonna suffers from brontophobia or fear of thunder. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, it's so weird yeah. on off the charts. It's got to be true, don't you think, Carrie? I, I, I'm thinking it's true. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fact. That is a fact. Nice. Very You're good. a big winner. Hold the line. Marilyn is in Geneva. Good morning, Marilyn. 
Good morning. All right, here we go, Marilyn. Get ready. John? There you go, Marilyn. Uh, Dolly Parton entered herself into a Dolly Parton lookalike contest for drag queens and actually won. Oh, you know, this sounds true, too, but it can't Well, be. that sounds really true. <laughs> you think it's true? I do. I think it's true. All right. No, I'm sorry. No! <laughs> Steve, that's not fair. You influenced her. I did. You're a winner no, anyway, Marilyn, because I took you down the wrong path. And uh, let me get one more in here. We got less than a minute. Go, John. World's oldest hotel has been in operation since 705 AD. 705 AD. Dan, is that true or false? Is that a fact or fiction? That's true. That's a fact. It's true. Yes. It is. It is a fact. And it's it's a Motel 6? Yeah, in Japan. It's a Motel 6 in Japan. Except back then it was a Motel 1. Motel, it's actually half. Is that the one that'll leave the light on for you? Yeah, but they didn't have lights. <laughs> we'll leave something burning. You're a winner, too. Stand by. All of the folks on the show today win prizes, including Lou Melnati's gift certificates at LouMelnati's.com and app gift cards at ABT.com as well. We also have some desktop indoor weather stations from our friend at American weathermakers.com all of that coming up uh, or all that's being distributed now what's coming up next for headlines all right joining us now on the phone is maria moreno who has been teaching in the chicago public school system for most of the last 30 years i think it's 28 maria is that right yes yes 28 years this and, is 28 and what do you teach i teach high school mathematics we are a brave woman we thank you for that <laughs> what you. what school uh, George Washington High School. Right. I know you're at the rally now. Um, all right. So in 28 years, if memory serves, this is what, your third strike? I want to say third, and we did a walkout for a few times. It's, it's, this is the most important one, I think. Yeah. How, how does it feel different? How does it feel different? Different well, from the other times. For, yeah. Uh, before, we were fighting for us, in a way, but now we're really fighting for the communities we serve. Well, that's you one know, of, we need nurses. They need We need more social workers. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to, to talk to you, because of your experience. Um, mm-hmm. This takes on a bigger sort of footprint than other strikes do, because it's not as clean as just, we want more money, we want more benefits. What right. do you feel, and what is the union telling you you're succeeding on? In other words, what are you getting closer on? Well, what we're feeling out here is that the... the Lori Lightfoot is not negotiating at the table with her lawyers. And uh, what we know is that the people stopped negotiating yesterday. Like, they're not trying to talk to us. Can you describe a little bit, uh, Maria, what, uh, why it's so important for the teachers to have one nurse in each school and a social worker, and why class sizes matter to you so much? Well... Definitely the rise in um, mental health issues. Now, we're more aware. The society is evolving, of course, and we're more aware that children need more support. And I think that's what's happening. We, the teachers, are setting up for our children. The kids are, you know, it's not the kids that have everything. It's the kids that need us to speak up for them. The ones that are underprivileged, uh, children of uh, black and brown history that, you know, grew up in, in poverty. That's who I know most of us are fighting for right now. They need nurses. And you're they saying, need people to talk to. And you're saying without these, uh, without this, you're not able to properly teach in the classroom. Oh, I'm going to, for my own record, I am one of those people that really love the kids, and I will stop class to try to, uh, you know, counsel 
and it's not fair. I'm not supposed to. I need to get back on track and give them the rigor they deserve. But the kids also need people to talk to. They need those supports. Uh, this year I have two children that have um, diabetes, type 1. So when my baby's getting sick or something, I have to, like, pull them to the sky. You know, how are you doing? Let's check your blood. You know, it's not It's not my job to do that. No, I know. And and I and and uh, I, I'll do it. But right, but a thousand percent, you can't teach a classroom if you're doing three jobs instead of one. Steve's in the newsroom, Steve. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the homeless uh, situation with the housing uh, issue. Talk to us a little bit about the homeless students who are in school and why it's so important for teachers to be fighting for them. Oh, well, I can't imagine. I've never lived through that, but I've had students tell me that, you know, they live in a car and it's unrealistic. To be able to perform at a high academic level if you're worried about, you know, being warm or eating. Sure. No, it takes that boy from... From, from all of it. Now, the other thing is, my daughter's a teacher, so I'm a little biased here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but having said that, there's only so much money. So if the, if the argument is not about uh, money, if the raises have been agreed on and that's off the table, it seems like we could meet in the middle... What about that offer of uh, 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 a nurse and or a social worker in school and in every school over the next five years? It feels like a long time to get that done. I I don't know. I hope it happens. Right. But you you'd know? like it done sooner than that, I'm assuming. Oh, definitely. Right. Um, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And I was joking around, but I'm like, we got to I'd rather be in the classroom. Definitely. Yeah, no. My students for these jobs, you know. We don't want to be out here. Yeah, and I'll let you go on I'd this. But uh, Sure. <laughs> and I'll let you go on this, but also uh, we thank you and all teachers because we know that it doesn't end when you go home at night. And uh, I've seen my yes. daughter do it. And the amount of money you spend on school supplies and things because it's not in the budget or extra things that aren't in the budget. I know that's part of the story, too. Definitely. I teach high school math, so I do ask uh for calculators every day but they the kids you know a handful could afford it or bring them so i provide my i bought my own calculator set for my room my school does provide them but they don't now so we got to keep up <laughs> with the technology to keep the kids you know competitive make them competitive all right last word g so maria yeah thank you maria what do you say to those people who are arguing that if you really cared about the students you'd be in class and not interfering with their you know senior year or intramural sports or potential scholarships and um who also say well gosh you know a hundred thousand dollars in five years that's a lot of money and you guys have summers off like what do you say to those folks who are um bringing up those are kind of arguments it does bother me that the kids are losing out, but at the same time, the, the administrators, uh, the Lori Lightfoot, they knew that this was going to happen if they didn't come to the group of um, had time happen, but we're doing this as a resort. It's not something we're taking lightly to people, knowing that my soccer kids are, you know, universities ah, the phone is just dying out i'm sure she's going in like in a, on the march somewhere where we're losing the signal but we got the we got the gist of it there i mean she said we're not taking it lightly 
and it, it is a concern, but it's not as simple as just go back to work. This is listen. That's why I said, why do you want to be mayor? Because this is one of the tough ones. I, I you know, there's there's great arguments to be made on both sides, but absolutely. it's it's hard to argue with the big picture of what the teachers want to do. It's an absolutely tough situation, and the things that teachers face every day. And if you think about a student facing those odds of being homeless or not having the support at home. Uh, Worrying about being hungry and worrying about where they're sleeping at night and whether they're too cold, how are they ever able to concentrate or get ahead in this world? Um, I feel, like I said, I feel for both sides. Both sides have points. There's only so much money to go around. Absolutely. The city's got to try to figure out uh, where the money's going to come yeah. from. In about 15 minutes, the budget address hits. Maybe there'll be some answers there. Yeah. And then on the city side, if there's no money, you can't. What What's the saying? You can't. Blood uh... from a stone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know the old saying, John, you can't find money in a, in a pair of old pants. Can't. Maybe we, I have before, $5. Yeah. Right, maybe we, maybe we can rob Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's and why, do Peter, why does Peter have all the money? Huh? Right, exactly. Peter, right. Peter's always been a pain. Yeah, John's not wrong about that. Anyway, thank you, Teacher Maria... Uh, Moreno, Maria yes, Moreno. Maria Moreno from uh, George Washington High School. It's 947, and uh, we're back after this on 720 WGN. All right, back at uh, 950 and uh, 312 981 anytime, all the time. Texters and phone callers all day long. Bill and Wendy will be here shortly, and then after Bill and Wendy, you get your new business hour. <laughs> then you get your John Williams. Then you get your Rokon. And then tonight, you get your Blackhawks. Is Blackhawks game tonight? No, it's tomorrow night. Yeah, I was going to say. Are they yeah. bobbleheads tonight? <laughs> Look at the bobbleheads. <laughs> Roll out the bobbleheads. <clears throat> hey, speaking of money, as we have been a lot this morning, Elon Musk is getting sued for $100 million. We could take that $100 million and apply it to the uh, city's budget problem. Uh, What's he being sued for? He is being sued for stealing the idea of flamethrowers. Do you remember when he was selling flamethrowers? Oh, my God. Elon Musk was the guy behind PayPal, and with all the money he generated from PayPal, he had a number of other successful investments, and he became a super rich dude. He also started The Boring Company, which is not a company that has meetings that go on forever. (laughs) No. It's a company that bores holes in the ground Mm -hmm. that you can build tunnels in. Uh, While that was going on, he came up with some other sources of fundraising, including the sale of flamethrowers, which were marketed as, not a flamethrower, because there's a California law that says you can't sell flamethrowers. The guy that's accusing him of stealing his idea is the brother of Pablo Escobar and the former accountant for the Medellin drug cartel. You are kidding me. (laughs) No. This is what you can do in parts of Mexico. You can get stuff in court uh, when you were a former accountant for a drug cartel. Anyway, Musk would flippantly dismiss the accusations after allegations came to light. But Escobar is not going down without a fight. He's filing a $100 million lawsuit. Uh, of supposed infringement um, and has hired a musician of uh, international note, we don't know who, to come up with what's called a diss track for good measure. Am I picturing a flamethrower correctly? Yep. Like like the Rambo flamethrower? Yeah, that's it. Like kind of a gun that throws, like shoots flames? Two tanks on your back? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Now, uh, and if you saw the uh, recent movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a flamethrower is prominently featured. Um, I, of course, go to Just Flamethrowers at a Flamethrower Hut to get all of mine. Oh, yes, there was one in that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially at the end. <laughs> right. Um, why? When would I need a flamethrower? I suppose if the Medellin drug cartel is outside your <laughs> yes. house. Yeah. I said, take this, you invented it. 
Uh, Pablo Escobar is a guy that you probably don't want to anger. But if you're Elon Musk, do you really care? No, you probably no. I mean, no, and okay. what was it? A hundred million? That's nothing million. for him, right? He's said, a billionaire. Said Pablo, or said uh, Elon Musk stole his design for a flamethrower. The whole thing is so weird to me. I know it's so. Elon Musk goes, hmm. I have not looked at what Pablo Escobar's brother's doing lately. Hold on, <laughs> what a great idea for a flamethrower! I'm going to lift this and make my own. Hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I would love for this to get to the Supreme Court, wouldn't you? I know. <laughs> well, how do they not throw this out right away? Right. That's what I don't understand. Well, it's in a Mexican courtroom, yeah. and some of those are corrupt. Uh, I'd like to see Ruth Bader Ginsburg's ruling on this. <laughs> What's next? The flamethrower? What? The, the notorious RBG with a flamethrower in her hand for evidence. <laughs> wow, that would be a good meme. Right? Uh, 953. Bill and Wendy coming up at 720 WGN. Bunch of texters chiming in on the strike, and there's a lot of anger about teachers out there, but then there's a lot of folks sticking up for them, too. Six real. I'm a retired teacher. I wonder all about the people who think teaching's so cushy. Well, then why don't you do it? We all think we know what happens in a classroom because we've all been in them. Fact is, the experience of teaching is very different. It's nonstop. It's year-round. Teachers are always learning, preparing, being creative, giving the greatest birthday party with enthusiasm every day for a room full of kids that may or may not appreciate it. Ain't so fun sometimes. And then testing the kids on all of it on Fridays. There's also something I'd like to address. CPS is structured so differently than any other uh, school district in the, in the state and in the nation. There's all this talk about teachers being paid for all of this vacation. They get paid for two weeks vacation a year. Mm-hmm. They don't get paid for their summer. Well, and- here's the summer thing. 708, stop this summer thing. It only begins to make up for outside of the school time spent all year long. How many paid holidays and how much vacation time would someone with 20-plus years get in other jobs? There's a reason there's a shortage of teachers, and much of it is not because of pay. Watch how children behave in stores and restaurants and begin to get a clue, and then multiply that by 25 or 30. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 630, I love teachers. I donate time and money when I can, but I go to work every day for my family. I shouldn't have to pay more in taxes to pay for everyone else. Well, yeah, you kind of do. That's what school taxes are about. Um, Steve, I retired at age 60 and now teach part-time at a local community college. We've pushed more and more social issues to the schools, and they can no longer handle it without help. I had a special needs student in one of my classes who was ill-equipped to handle that student's learning style. It took a lot of time away for all the right reasons, but it was a bad scenario for everyone else. I do have some empathy for the teachers. And then 630, i got to give this dude uh, some points for concise. I'm done listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I said that, come on. Bill and Wendy are here. How are you guys? Done listening to you. Yeah, almost. <laughs> done. You're all Enough almost. Of this nonsense. I'll keep listening. Thanks, Wendy. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Can I suggest a segment for your show, Steve? I heard earlier during uh, Dean's segment, you uh, found out what year a person was born in and then guessed their age. And you were only off by two years. <laughs> so you could have callers call up and say what year they were born in. And within two years, you would guess their age. That's not a bad call. It's a fun game. The other thing we could do, and this is how you and I met because we were both carnies. Yeah. I met Bill. Bill was hosting a I Know What Your Weight Is, and what would happen is they'd write it down on a card and hand it to him, Yeah, and then he would announce their weight back to them, right. and if you were within 10 pounds, they were a big winner, and so right. were you. That was fun. Yeah, it was a win-win situation. <laughs> I'm done listening now. <laughs> yeah, good call. Yeah, don't oh. ever guess any woman's weight. Oh. Yeah. You know what, Wendy? I think you made a good decision twice. <laughs> right. Uh, what's on the show today? Peter Brady, Christopher Knight will be on with us. Is he coming us. in or on the phone? He'll be on the phone, but okay. in studio, Mike Rowe, the yeah. dirtiest man on The television. seventh Brady. And a hardcore Republican. 
Yeah. So if you want to fire him up, get him talking oh, about politics. All right. Yeah. If you don't fun. want to fire him up, don't bring that up. <laughs> He's a big supporter, by the way, of uh, uh, blue collar jobs and you know yeah. kids not yeah. having to go to college. Yeah. Uh, if they uh, can learn a trade, and that's a cool thing too. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So we have ninety seconds. What else you guys want to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, gonna, that, not that I'm not really fluid with the new timing, but uh, so I'm sixty. How old am I? <laughs> <laughs> what year? What year were you born? Fifty nine. Steve. Why How old we, is John? Why do you think we call it fifty? Uh, fifty seven. Yep. Why do you think we call it Moron Entertainment? By the way. <laughs> oh, now it makes sense. I'm just happy to be here with the teachers walking around the city. It's crazy town out there. Um, yeah, traffic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I left early. It didn't matter because it's right in the thick of things right now. Oh, well, they had okay. an interesting meeting place. We're at 303 East Wacker, which is not near where in the middle of anything. Yeah. And there were a bunch of teachers who met over here. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, you guys aren't angry enough. Walk to the top of Wacker and wait there. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Because I ran out of material about you. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was good. That was good. (laughs) All right. Well, hopefully the teacher strike will be settled sometime soon. I can't go through this again tomorrow. And if it isn't, we'll ask them what years they were born in and guess their age in two years. And their weight. And they'll get stuffed animals. I'm just glad that our ratings online are going to be good. Because it was good. Yeah. All right. Stand by now. There'll be a loud voice guy right after some music plays. And that'll indicate that it's almost time for Jen DeSalvo in the newsroom to do that news thing that she's about to do. But first, let's dance.